What is going on? Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. All you wonderful bell breakers out there. We are glad to be here with you. We are. We are thankful. We are thankful. We are thankful yes. for you because if it wasn't for you, we'd still probably be doing this. Just That's true. <laughs> but you make it more enjoyable. Yes. Knowing that we have you guys out there watching. Somebody listening to this ridiculousness that yes. is this podcast, the Break the Bell podcast. Um, thought I'd throw that out there before uh, we get too far into it. And you're like, what, what Wait, show am I listening to again? This isn't what I was signed <laughs> up for. <laughs> well, if you didn't sign up for this, uh, stick around anyway. Like I said, happy Thanksgiving. It is, when this is released, it will be the day before Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving's so, Eve? Is just, that what that is? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Thanksgiv- the Thanksgiving Eve. Day when the pilgrims started prepping to... Prep. Invite the Indians over for deer before they before they them. massacred them. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so hopefully, all of you have are actually participating in Thanksgiving plans. I know a lot of that yeah. is different yeah. this year than lots canceled. Most. It depends on which state you're in. Um, some like California has really tightened up yeah. their um, restrictions on Thanksgiving meeting. They've yeah. t- tightened up um, how many people can get together. It's got to yeah. be outside. So hopefully it's yeah. not cold there but in California. I, I've, I've heard that, I mean, a lot of sheriff's department people have come out and been like, look, we're not going to enforce this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to invade people's homes. Yeah. It's like, you know, do whatever. Same thing with New Jersey and New York. Mm-hmm. Sheriffs have come out and they're just like, we're not going to participate in this fuckery. <laughs> fuckery? <laughs> yes. This, this assholery? Yes. Yeah, um, I know even on a personal level, a lot of families, like we mentioned last week, are canceling holiday plans yeah. for out of COVID fears and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, even if 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 you choose to do that, that's your right. But right. man, don't shut yourself in your house during the holiday right. season and, and out of fear and not see any of your family. Yeah. If you want to do like a one-on-one thing with family right. members here and there, do something to make your life as normal as possible because i mean we we've said it in the show before mm. this is like this is like classic depression time right is getting right. into the winter yes. getting into the holidays yeah. some people already don't have people that they see right. all the time yeah. or there's the or even in the rest homes yeah, you know that right. you know they're not going to be able to see their families this mm. year so they're locked up in this nasty ass care center sorry if you work for a care center but there and are, but it's it's uh they don't get to see their family breeding ground of right <laughs> bacteria and, and viruses and, and I uh you know I had that uh, the party scheduled for this weekend that I had to cancel right and uh, there is one of the news local news stations you know they had like this little survey thing like you know if you had plans that had to change due to COVID you know you know what were they and stuff and so I wrote down I said well I had a party scheduled. And so you're upset um, because of a party. Well, this yeah, this total Karen comes in. Comes in. <laughs> I predict it. You haven't even told me the story. I know. Yet. And she's like, uh, she's like, well, you need to you need to spread that virus. And I said, and I replied back. I said, well, I'm trying. And she's like, I know your your reservation and your 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 money you had down is more important than lives. Yeah, kind of. And so I, <laughs> I said, well, I did invite a lot of old people and sick people. And I'm, so I'm trying to call the population, save the planet. <laughs> she had nowhere to go no, after of that. Of course, of course. She's <laughs> like, I, I can't even. I just can't. I can't even speak to this man. Actually, I, she has a similar name to a friend of mine. I thought it was a friend of mine that oh. was giving me shit. So that's why I went that way. Oh, wow. And then I found out I didn't even know who this lady was. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever. She'll probably never talk to you again. No, I don't care. A lot of people 
only see certain family members at holiday times. And so for this to go out the window, right. I mean, that's another year you're not going right. to see those family members. Yeah. And like you said, you know, this is a time of year where, I mean, depression hits hard. Yeah. And yeah. I think this year it's going to hit much harder than it has. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, just the year we've had. Yeah, it's already crazy. We got, we got some housekeeping to to tend to in this intro. Housekeeping? Some some Here stuff we got. Yeah, really. Not, not fluffing the pillow, but we got some uh, show housekeeping stuff to discuss because um, we got some announcements of changes to yes. the show or additions to the show, and I think you're gonna enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. You're still blurry. Don't know why. There you go. So, first of all, we got well, we got two main announcements here. The first one is starting in December, we are kicking off our second main episode of the show. We are extending this to two episodes a week because we are finding it extremely difficult to cover everything that's going on yeah. in the depth that we want to without just like kind of hitting the bullet points. Yeah. It's just There's just so much crazy. going on. And so we are we are gonna kick off a second show. It's gonna be more of like a a weekend or a weekly recap at the end of the week where we just cover some of the stories. So we don't have to spend um an hour and twenty minutes at the beginning of the show covering everything that's going on in the world before right. we hit our main topic. Yeah. So we can we can at least cover some of that stuff in um at the end of the week. So we'll just hit some of the hot topics. If there's nothing going on then we'll cover maybe some pop culture, some sports, spend some more time yeah, on sports. More stuff. fun light stuff. Yeah. You know. So but if there's a bunch of stuff going on, we'll take that opportunity to cover some of that stuff going on. So yes. The plan is to, at some point, have that as a live stream. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to start right away because my internet kind of sucks here. Oh, right. And so I, I, we want to put out the best quality as possible. And, I mean, we've had some success with the live streams before, but we do have dropouts and things right. like that. And if it's going to be an, a burden just live streaming, then I don't want right. to do it. So eventually we will get to the point where we're wanting to live stream even maybe even possibly the main shows doing doing live shows at some point. Yeah. So well, I'd love to be able to interact with people, have them like yeah. you know call in or whatever, yeah. you know, send messages and talk I, to them, yeah, answer d- questions, whatever. You guys, like I said, make the show, so your input would be extremely valuable to us in in getting the call ins and getting um, the comments and things like that. So, like I said, um, look forward to that. I I think. We're tentatively planning to kick that off the first week of December. We're going to have more things solidified next week. Next week, I plan to hash all this stuff out like the end of this week and next week and figure out exactly how we're going to work this out. But second show kicking off, we're gaining traction in our downloads and views and things like that. So this is like the perfect time to to kick off bigger things, better things. On top of that, in order to do bigger and better things... I mean, we are self-financed through this. We're not making money through anybody. We have no no sponsors that are, like, paying us money. We have sponsors right. that support the show and, in other ways that, like, do our logo work and do right. our and do other stuff for us. But um, as far as financial, we're self-financed. Right. So also starting in the next week or so, we are launching our first our, – our very own Patreon program, a subscription subscription-based pay, uh, paywall where um, we'll have weekly bonus shows. We'll have um, different giveaways. We haven't, again, we haven't hashed out all the details of what that's going to look like, but we do plan to have different tiers of um, 
of subscription based. So like depending on your pay level, you get more things out of it. It's just a way for you to support us and for us to give you more because again, like, I mean, I, we haven't like broke a bank or anything, but there are, there are costs at right. <laughs> keeping we, this thing going. And we want to increase quality. We do. We do. Know, and bring more co content, you know, and in doing that, you know, we just have to have that extra support. Just a few things that um, to us, it would just make better show. We're looking at upgrading our, our sound system. We're looking at upgrading Bill's shitty freaking camera that won't stay in focus. That's that's why I was like, oh, yeah, that reminds me. Your your camera's out of focus. Um, again, that the internet, getting the live streams requires better internet. So all your money would be going to making the show better. It's not like we're going to be putting money in our pockets. Right. I mean, eventually I would love to do this full time if it came down to it where right. we are taking um, a paycheck from this. But um, obviously that's way in the future if ever but yeah all the all your money in this um patreon program will be going to making the show better yes well, i know we've talked about getting out out of our studio environment here doing some interviews right. um outside going out on location to things you know yeah. rallies and whatnot and interviewing people which we i did was able to get out to um that spike rally right. and that was again stuff i had to purchase yeah. more equipment to go out and do things like that. So right. again, your support um, is going to be what makes us able to get, get out and do other things like that. And we have, right. we have plans. It's just being able to do it. So right. um, we'll, like I said, we'll announce more about those next week and um, we'll have that ready to go. Everything between the, the second main show, which is going to be a free show and then um, launching the Patreon program, which is going to include a, a a third show, a weekly bonus show. So we're looking at at least three shows, going from one show to three shows here yeah. in the next two weeks. So um, big things, big things coming big things. up. So I'm excited. Hopefully you guys are excited too. And hopefully we can uh, just keep this thing moving forward and moving up and getting better. And yeah. Um, I would be fine just doing this, this one show forever. That's that's yeah. fine with me. But I also have more plans to do right. more stuff. So yeah. let, let's just do it. Let's Absolutely. Just, we've got other things we want to talk about. We just have to have time to do it. And right. we don't intend on making this a five-hour show. So right. how do we do it? We just split it up into multiple shows. And Absolutely. so giving you more stuff because – We love you. We love you. So And we enjoy doing it. Absolutely. So with that being said, we're going to uh, get one last go, thing. Go ahead. Oh, um, I, I bet you I know where you're going. Steelers 10-0. They are. Boom. They are. That was a beautiful game against this the Jaguars. Ever, I mean, is this the first time in history for any team? Uh, no, no, no. The The Patriots were undefeated till oh, they got to the Super Bowl, and then the they Patriots. lost to the Giants, which was a beautiful Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, so this is the first time Steelers have ever been 10-0, and uh, they got the Ravens Thanksgiving night, which if they're going to lose a game, it's probably going to be that one. I hope not. Me too. Me too. But we'll see what happens. So, on that note, we are going to get into the show. We yes, have some stuff. We to the show. Like you had alluded to, um, possibly it, it's looking more and more like Biden's going to take this, unfortunately. Um, so, we're going to dig into some of that stuff in the first half. The second half, we're going to continue kind of where we left off last week because we felt we didn't get into all the stuff we right. wanted to. There's a lot to cover. As far as... Um, 
forming a contingency plan yeah. if society breaks down, if there's civil unrest or a right. natural disaster or anything right. like that. Any any kind of anything just to be prepared. So if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen to that first because um, we're just continuing from there. So it's not yeah. like – I mean I will do a brief recap, but um, um, with – you'll get more information. You'll be able to like kind of be caught up if you go back and listen to last week's episode before you listen to the second half of this week's. So otherwise we're just going to just get right into it. Into it. And um, then we'll get this, this party started. So here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Right, let's just get right into it. Yes, let's. No more fluff, no more nope. bullshit, yep. even though that's all this I know. entire I thing ends I, up I, being. I we, were, we were on a good track to make people believe that. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think if anybody's listening, they actually believe that we're not going to give them a lot of bullshit because, no. I mean. That's what we do. It, it's not that we're telling you bullshit. It's just no, that no. we have. We like to bullshit. We like to bullshit. Yes. So. So that's why it usually extends way further than we want it to, and I have right. to edit out a bunch because <laughs> because we just go and go and go, and yeah. we just like to talk. So we do. But that's good. That's good. It, it keeps things flowing, and I like it. Yeah. So um, as you had mentioned, we had mentioned, um, it's starting to look more and more like, even though I still think it's all bullshit, full of shit. It is. How many times can we say bullshit in the first five minutes? I don't here? know. We can we get an official counter? <laughs> Have a little ticker. Um, I feel that there is. I still think there is fraud. I still yeah. think there was counting oh, errors. Yeah. yeah. All, I I personally believe that they were probably changing votes with oh absolutely. manipulation software. Yeah. What we talked about yeah. a couple of weeks ago. But aside from all that, despite all of that, um, it's looking more and more like yeah. Biden's unfortunately. Take this. You know, again, if you, unless you can prove it, it just doesn't matter. So, and the problem with like the software we mentioned a couple weeks ago is it's really hard to prove. I mean, right. it's like virtually impossible. Yeah. Um. So I got this article in front of me that says, um, because Michigan was one of the contested ones yes. that was getting a lot of uh push from the Trump team right. and lawsuits and stuff. Yeah, because it, Michigan's the one, if you remember, right? It was like overnight. I mean, mm -hmm. it just like Biden got like 138,000 votes overnight, yep. overnight, and Trump didn't get any after they stopped the count. Right, though. right, yeah. Don't they, don't forget after they stopped yeah, the count. Right. 
So th- this says Michigan certifies Biden's victory as a Republican canvasser folds. So right. So originally the Republican guys they refused to certify the vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I don't know what happened. They took him out to dinner. They <laughs> wine and dined him. You know, bought him something nice. And they came back and was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going to certify this. Probably, yeah, promise them some things. Right. Uh, so here, let me let me share this. So this says, this is from uh, Zero Hedge. Um, so this says, and this was updated today at 1645 Eastern Time, so 445 for you unmilitary time educated. It says, after a torrent of pressure from both sides, one of the board's two Republicans Republican canvassers Aaron Van Langeveld sided with Democrats to certify the vote with a three to zero majority. The other Republican, Norm Schinkel, abstained. So he, he was didn't even have enough balls to say one way or another, right, yes or yeah. no. He abstained. And so that's how they got the three zero yeah, vote. Well, and if I remember correctly, I think Trump actually had invited those guys to the White House. So he was trying to wind it <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Well, GOP leaders out of G, uh, Michigan, because I think he was trying to get them to use – I don't think it was the certification thing. I think he has had something else up his sleeves. He wanted to kind of run by them, mm-hmm. So, which uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. So it says, certifying Joe Biden as the winner of the state's election. The Michigan board's vote came after Republican pressure to take the extraordinary step of rejecting certified vote counts from the state's 83 counties. Republican National Committee had urged the board to delay certification – to allow an audit of results in Wayne County where questions were raised over clerical errors, that's our new favorite phrase, um, and access for observers to watch the mail-in ballot count. So here's a couple of Twitter posts. Somebody says, a record-breaking 5.5 million Michigan citizens cast ballots in this election more than ever before in our state's history. (laughs) It's funny. There's probably only 5.2 million (laughs) registered voters. Their will, their will is clear and unequivocal. All right. That comes from Jocelyn Benson. And somebody commented, or she commented on her own post, democracy has prevailed. Today's vote of the State Board of Canvassers to certify Michigan's November election confirms the truth. The election was fair and secure, and the results accurately reflect the will of the voter. That doesn't. That doesn't confirm that. Right, yeah, it, it doesn't. It just confirms that somebody just decided, you know what, I'm tired of this. Because, and to be honest, like, common sense tells you, right? These guys in Michigan, they've had to deal with Governor Whitmer mm-hmm. for the last year, who's shutting everything down, right? Mm-hmm. The economy's already shit right. in Michigan, right? And right. so now it's going to be even worse. Yeah. Why would they, I mean, it just doesn't make sense why they would want to vote in a Democrat. I don't know. For I, president. I, knowing I, that things are already bad, let's make it worse. Or equally as bad. Well, like, yeah. Stay the same. I mean, there, the there, there's been people crap. talking about impeaching Whitmer. Right. You know, so um, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But again, you got to prove it. So, and it's funny that she says back up here that the canvasser certifying the election confirms the truth. It was four freaking people with four right. opinions. Like yeah. four people made this decision or actually only three of them. And one right. decided I'm going to sit out of this, but that confirms this is the truth right. and that it was fair just yeah. because they said so. Oops. Well, it's just like, you know, the people that are like 
the Biden mandate is clear. You know, it's like, really? Because <laughs> it? it doesn't seem real clear to me when, you know, you got the Senate sitting at, you know, a Republican majority right now, currently. And it's like, you know, most states have gone red. So at 345 today. 3.45 today. Um, Eastern time. In a rare move, a bipartisan bicameral, I don't even know what that means. It's like both houses. Okay. Legislative Service Agency in Pennsylvania rejected a request from the House of Representatives to conduct a statistical level review of the 2020 general election. That's from the House of Representatives. That's weird. Mm -hmm. um, it says... The Legislative Budget and Finance Committee officers vote two to one against performing the risk-limiting audit that was ordered by House Resolution 1100, the resolution sponsored by Representative Jesse Topper, Republican from Bedford County, passed the House on Thursday by a 112 to 90 vote with all Republican members and three Democrats supporting it. Hmm. Legislative Committee typically accepts the work that the House or Senate sends its way but there have been at least two occasions in recent history when the committee didn't complete the assignment it was given. Um, it says, this is Allegheny County Democrat Representative Jake Wheatley says, I really would suggest there are other ways to validate our election results. His colleague, um, his Democratic colleague, Jake Wheatley added, that says, said Jake Wheatley, his Democratic colleague, Jake Wheatley, added. So he's his own colleague? Wow. He's his own best friend. Hmm. <laughs> he's like barf let me talk baseballs. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me speak with my colleague here. Yep, I confirmed that. <laughs> his colleague himself says, I'm at a loss as to what the purpose of the resolution is and why it's even necessary if work is going to be done by counties and the State Department. <laughs> So he's like multiple personality. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me. What? Yes, we can confirm that. Say? It reminds me of uh, uh, on the Halloween episode of The Office when he has his like uh, paper mache double head. Yes. You remember yeah. that episode? Yeah. And he's like, what was that? <laughs> oh, who do you think I should fire? <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, it says Republicans in Pennsylvania filed an emergency request in the state court on Sunday seeking to block the certification of the state's election results in favor of Joe Biden. Uh, the deadline for counties to certify the state is later Monday, after which Secretary of State Kathy Brookvar will be able to certify the entire state. The filing by Republicans comes after a federal judge tossed a lawsuit by the Trump campaign seeking to block certification of the results in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Republican Senator Pat Tooney, Toomey, who is retiring from politics in 2022, has called on Trump to accept the results of the election, which have Biden ahead by over 81,000 votes in the state. President Trump has exhausted all plausible legal options to challenge results of the presidential race in Pennsylvania, said Toomey in a Saturday statement following decision by Judge Matthew Brand to dismiss the Trump campaign's lawsuit. So he throws, the judge throws out the lawsuit by the campaign seeking to block certification results. They're calling um, on them to, yeah, um, to kind of block that state's uh, certifying is. And yeah. the reason I think for this, and I haven't like dug too deep into this, but um, <laughs> there's some weird irregularities there in Pennsylvania too. Yes. Um, some legal things that have been claimed or ruled upon by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. 
One being this article here that says Pennsylvania Supreme Court rules that mail-in and absentee ballots with no dates or handwritten names and addresses can be counted. How is that not yeah, no fraud? Doubt. Yeah. Or potential of fraud. Well, we don't know who this guy is, but he's clearly voting for Biden, so we're going to allow it. Yep. Says uh the Pennsylvania Supreme Court on Monday ruled that mail-in ballots with no dates or handwritten names and addresses on the outer envelopes can be counted. So on the outer envelope, I guess. Oh, okay. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha. Well, that's not what that headline said, but right. Trump campaign challenged the decision of the Philadelphia County Board of Elections to count 8,320 mail-in or absentee ballots, arguing the voters failed to handwrite their name, address, or the date. In some cases, a combination of all three on the outer envelope. So, so Trump Trump's I mean, team is arguing that they should count these votes. No, they're arguing that they should. They're challenging the decision oh, okay. to count them. Got it. Okay. Trump's legal team argued that the General Assembly set forth in the election code the requirements for how a qualified elector can cast a mail-in or absentee ballot. So if yeah, if there is a law saying that this has to be there for it to count, right? Then that should be the case, but. Um, the PA Supreme Court and, said, no, we'll count those. And, you know, there, there's all this weirdness, you know, with the different, a lot of oddities and, and miscalculations and clerical errors, you know, in all these different swing states. Uh -huh. And I, somebody put it right. They said, okay, you know, this stuff happens, mm -hmm. but when all of them seem to favor one candidate, right. then... Then, there's something going on that yes. should be looked at seriously. Yes, if there's clerical errors on both sides, then it'd be one thing. Right, but when yeah. they're all leaning towards one person, one person, yeah. and that one person ha hits a record number of votes over any right. president, yeah. even and, the Lord and Savior Barack Obama. <laughs> right, and, and he's the most non-electrifying <laughs> entertainer in. America. I'd say he's less electrifying than even Hillary Clinton. Oh, was, I would agree with that. Which, I would agree. I mean, except for the scary. fact that he's got dementia and he says some off-the-wall shit all the time. So um, this says a voter is required to fill out, date, and sign the declaration on the outside of the envelope, the Trump campaign argued, citing this just long thing. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to read it. Um, the Trump campaign argued that Pennsylvania Supreme Court has repeatedly ruled the requirements of the section of election code impose mandatory obligations that the ballot cast falling short of these requirements cannot be counted. What do you think about that? Should they be counted? I don't if the, the if the envelopes not addressed or not filled out by the voter, which according to this code or whatever they're citing here, um, they're supposed to fill out date and sign right. themselves. Yeah, no, they shouldn't be counted. So I mean, I, I'm sorry, but there's rules. But right? the Supreme Court comes out and rules against that. But this is a, but after the fact, though. Right, exactly. You, I mean, it was in place before the fact. If they wanted to make that change, they should have made it prior exactly. to the right the election. Election, absolutely. So that's where we are with Michigan and Pennsylvania. Um, well, and both... Georgia, I had read it. Georgia's mm -hmm. doing a, a second recount because uh, the Trump people said there is a false results again. And it's so like they're just going to recount until they get yeah. the, the right. results that they want. So right. the whole thing, it's it's not going away. I don't see Trump actually conceding at all, really. He won't. 
I well. think they'll just inaugurate Biden and he'll be holding his rally <laughs> of Trump supporters probably next door. So Trump will wake up and he'll be in an Oval Office, but it will be like a model Oval Office in three different counties over and Biden will actually be president. <laughs> so either Trump is seeing the writing on the walls or he's trying to not push too hard that they just completely like send in what the navy seals or whoever like obama to, said yeah to to yeah. um get them out of the office because um apparently today uh president trump authorized initial protocols for the biden transition because right. he was he was blocking that yeah completely for right. the last several weeks yeah um however he's not conceding the election he right. is allowing the initial protocols to start but he's not conceding the election so um this is from the gateway pundit so i mean it's it's a far right news yeah. source but still we like to cover our grounds here right. so this one says president's president trump issued a statement monday evening authorizing his administration to begin initial protocols for the biden transition team while at the same time did not or while at the same time is not conceding the election Trump posted a statement to Twitter after GSA administrator Emily Murphy sent a letter to a Democrat presidential nominee, former Vice President Joe Biden. <laughs> that was a really long title there. Monday afternoon, informing him she was authorizing access to government funds by his transition team. In the letter, Murphy spoke of the thousands of threats she says she received as a result of her decision to hold off on approving the Biden transition. So she rolled over is what it's saying. Yeah, She's allowing it right. now because of all these threats that she was getting Okay. Um, while the election was being contested by Trump and not certified so by the states. So it's not actually Trump saying, yeah, let's do it. It's this lady saying. Well, it started off. He posted his statement after she sent the letter saying, all right, right. go ahead. Um, so he, he did make an official statement okay. this evening. Says... Um, President Trump says, I want to thank Emily Murphy at GSA for her steadfast dedication and loyalty to our country. She has been harassed, threatened, and abused, and I do not want to see this happen to her, her family, or employees of GSA. Our case strongly continues, and he puts strongly in all caps. We will keep up the good fight. The good dot, dot, dot fight. <laughs> I don't know why there was dot, dot, dot there. <laughs> you probably said uh, a couple uh, swear uh, words. Good fucking fight. <laughs> and I believe we will prevail. Nevertheless, in the best interest of our country, which is surprising that he would say something like that, right. I'm recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done with regard to initial protocols and have told my team to do the same. So that's the end of that article. So which, it didn't really say what they right. were going to push, but they are allowing um, government funds to be They're letting them come in and, and measure the very new drapes. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> So, and we forgot to mention um, also Wisconsin, uh, Trump is paying for them to do a recount oh, there is. as well. Yes. I didn't yeah. realize that because we talked about last week right. how they were yeah. saying. They're at $7.2 million to do a recount. So, yeah, Trump is, is uh, authorizing that. I to, could see him doing that out of his pocket. Oh, oh I'm like, sure he would. Yeah. $7.2 million here. Right. And Here's the results check. of that have not been cleared yet. Oh, so, okay. so, there's a lot of stuff still up in the air. There so. is. I mean, like I said, from what it looks like. It's heading towards Biden. Right. But there's still a lot of fight being yeah. pushed here. There's a lot right. of legal things being pushed. Yeah. A lot of his team is saying that they have all this like damning evidence. Right. And it's just like, first right. of all, like show it, like prove right. it. Yeah, right. If you have it, like let, let's hear it so yeah. we can put this thing to bed. Yeah. And, and I've heard, um, 
you know, some Republicans, like including Chris Christie, have come out and just told Trump, look, you know, you're doing more harm than good now at this point. You need to concede. Yeah. And then I've heard people say, you know, Trump's legal team is kind of a disaster. I mean, they're kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. They seem really unorganized. That's what I read, too. Uh, the Trump legal team is just like basically portraying that. Um, actually, I think we have that one, that article. Hang on. That they're just uh, trying to show that um, it's a Democrat conspiracy to like right. take down Trump and like yeah. a, a Democrat wide voter fraud conspiracy rather than like showing like hard evidence and stuff it's they're just viewing and i think that's what um this article is this is that one that i sent you that says the death star strategy and this is from zero hedge the death star strategy that just sounds badass first of all very badass it says is trump contemplating the ultimate constitutional trick shot that would i mean that sounds even more badass it does Uh, says the thursday press conference by president trump's legal team left many breathless as Trump counsel Rudy Giuliani alleged a global communist conspiracy to steal the 2020 election. So, so there you go. They're throwing it out that yeah. it's, it's this big um, global yeah. conspiracy, not just a Democrat conspiracy. Right. It's, a, it's coming all the way around. Which some of the articles we're going to get into here in a few minutes are looking like um, Biden is pushing us back towards that globalist uh, right. mentality that Absolutely. that was building up until the Trump hiccup. Is mm-hmm. what I like to call the the four year hiccup that right. just kind of yeah threw like, off the globalist agenda. Yep, and so um, yeah, that's what it seems like Giuliani is is throwing out as his evidence or his uh, case is that it's a global communist conspiracy to steal the election. Interesting. While making passing references to credible election challenges over provisional ballots uh, or curing rules. He repeatedly returned to the allegation of purported mass conspiracy directed by Democrats to change and inject votes in the state tallies, which is stuff we've talked about, which isn't that hard to believe, in my opinion. Right, right, yeah. It was a strange narrative that seemed to move away from the provable provable to the unbelievable. Is it a strange narrative, though? I I mean, if you you just take a step back— if you're in Biden's camp, then you're only going to see right. Biden stuff. If you're right. in Trump's well, camp, you're only going to see right. Trump stuff. If you take a step back right. and, and look, look at both sides, it's not that strange to believe it, that one si- either side yeah. would have. Well, some- and, and again, you know, like we were saying with the you know mainstream media, social media. I mean, any social media, anytime you know, you could put in election. On accident, say, well, you know, and and it would come up and, and say, well, this is the, the results of the election and this is how they came to, you know, and I mean, so they're, they they intentionally try to steer the narrative mm-hmm. a certain oh, yeah. way. And so nobody, again, is saying anything about like, well, it does seem like uh, there's a, an issue with some votes over here or votes over there or anything. I mean, nobody is, is even going that way. No. So. If you're in the Biden camp and you always watch CNN or MSNBC or ABC News or whatever, you would have no idea that any of this stuff is going on. Right. Except for the fact that Trump is a crackpot and his team is a crackpot and they're just throwing shit up against the wall hoping something sticks. Right. Well, it says the question is why? Hmm. Why? It says one possibility is to raise sweeping allegations with insufficient time to resolve them in order to force an electoral college fight. So basically like a last resort, they're throwing all these allegations because they don't have, there's not going to be enough time to resolve 
all these allegations, like right. you said, throwing shit at the wall. There's not going to be enough time. Right. They're by, overloading the system. Yeah. And so to force this electoral college fight. Says the idea would be to give license to Republican-controlled legislators to intervene with their own sets of electors or block the submission of any set of electors. Concern over such a strategy was magnified when Trump called key Republican leaders from Michigan's legislature. Which is what I was talking about. Yep. To the White House on Friday. So yep. wine them and dine them. Yep. Call it a Death Star strategy. <laughs> in Star Wars, a struggling rebellion was in full retreat on every front against an overwhelming force in the Empire. The rebels were left with just one strategy and literally one shot. Luke Skywalker had to skim the surface of the Death Star along a trench and fire around into a small thermal exhaust port to travel down an air shaft and cause an explosion in the core reactor. Then poof, no more Death Star. Uh, but Han Solo had a key part in that. I just want to throw that out That's there. That's true. He and did. He's often ignored in that. Yeah. Whole I mean, if he scheme. didn't take out the, the guys tie tailing fighters, him. Yeah. Then Luke would not have done right. anything. So if they're comparing Trump's team to Luke Skywalker in this uh, battle scene, <laughs> that's badass. I, I would love Absolutely. to see that. <laughs> and and this and Antifa comparing themselves to the rebellion. I'm really tired of politicians using Star Wars. As Star an Wars reference. It's like, come on, yeah. come on, Star Wars. Is you're, you're not that cool. cool. No. <laughs> um, it says, and and if Trump team did pull off where the entire system exploded oh like gosh. that, man, great, great. Well, on, again, good on what, it. It, the entire system though, not oh, just yeah. the Democrats. Oh the yeah, entire system. Yeah, oh yeah, the whole thing would self-destruct. Good, in right. my opinion. Good, tear it down, build it back up. I mean, it'd be ugly and messy, but yeah, maybe that's what we need. Well, no, you're not wrong. It says, however, if this is Trump's team, Trump team's plan, it will make Luke Skywalker's shot look like a beanbag toss. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a weird picture of Biden and Kamala. <laughs> the trench in this instance is found in the state election systems, leading to the electoral equivalent of the exhaust port in the Constitution's Electoral College. They're going to really overplay this analogy, aren't they? Unfortunately. It is the Electoral College where the actual elections of an American president occurs. Each state certifies the votes. We know what Electoral College is. We've talked about it. I don't have to read that. Yeah, and you know the only reason why Trump is doing this is because he hears ghost Ronald Reagan's voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yes. Use the force, Trump. Uh, obviously. To reach the exhaust port, quote-unquote, Trump's legal team, equivalent of X-Wing fighters. Man, oh, they're God. really doing oh, my gosh. hitting this hard. Must get all the way down the electoral trench by creating challenges to multiple state certifications and deny Joe Biden the 270 threshold or claim those votes for Trump. <laughs> the Trump team has focused on states such as Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. We've talked about most of those, except right. Nevada, who just doesn't have enough fingers and toes to count, apparently, according right. to media. Not according to me, according to media. Right. If the litigation can create serious doubts, over the authentication of tabulation of ballots, the Trump campaign could force fights on the floors of state legislatures. However, after meeting with the president on Friday, the Michigan legislative leaders dealt that potential strategy a serious blow by saying they are unaware of anything that would change their state's certification for Biden. The electoral shaft. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. Ever. But do you want to know what the electoral shaft is? Absolutely. <laughs> Once litigation introduces doubt as to the validity of the vote, uh, the matter travels down the electoral version of the Death Star's air shaft. 
Maybe they should have called it the electoral air shaft instead of the electoral shaft. Uh, they probably realized the first time after they put it, they needed to Shit. change that. Who did this? Who who broke this? <laughs> um, to it has to go down the air shaft to individual state legislatures. This is when things move into some uncertain constitutional physics. Article two of the Constitution states that electors are appointed in such a manner as the legislature thereof may direct. All but a couple of the states have directed that all their electoral votes will go to the candidate with a greater number of statewide votes. Question is, what happens if legislators decide they cannot say with confidence who won the greater number of votes? Such controversies have arisen before, as in 2004, when Democrats objected to counting Ohio's electoral votes due to voting irregularities. I didn't realize that in 2004. Another Bush thing. Interesting. The greatest controversy occurred in 1876 after a close wow going way back yeah i know we're taking it way back there heated election between republican rutherford hayes rutherford hayes and democrat samuel tilden like biden tilden won the popular vote and more electoral votes 184 to hayes's 165 the problem that was rampant fraud was alleged in florida of course. Louisiana and South Carolina. For example, South Carolina reported 101% of voters voting. Huh. Did we see anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. The controversy led to rival sets of electors being sent to Congress. A long fight led to improbable election of Hayes as the president, even though he didn't win the popular or the electoral vote. Interesting. <clears throat> it they, they pulled off the electoral shaft and uh, <laughs> pulled it off. It says for Trump to pull off a similar maneuver, he would need the cooperation of Republican state legislators. He also would face collateral, collateral litigation over who should certify electors, the state's governor or its legislature. In Bush v. Gore in 2000, the Supreme Court ordered an effective halt to further litigation, but that was just one state. It is possible that such multi-state litigation could push the challenge beyond the end of the safe harbor period for cert- certification in on December 8th or beyond December 23rd when those votes are supposed to be submitted to Congress. Um, it could force a fight on January 6th when Congress gathers to joint session to count the votes. So pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing right. it back. I mean, there's precedent there. So There is, yeah. Well, and there was deals made that got rather, rather the haze in the office mm-hmm. and it ended up uh, really fucking up the country. After the Civil War. The final paragraph says, There's also potential under the 12th Amendment for a contingent election when there is a tie or insufficient vote. So like another election? In such a case, Trump could win again. In that case, the vote for president is held in the House based on state delegations, not individual members. Hmm. Republicans likely will control a majority of the state delegations in the House despite having fewer seats overall as well as the Senate, where Pence could be re-elected. So, there is possibilities there, but... A lot of pathways still. It'll be a mess. Oh, absolutely. It would be a a total shit show more than it is. From what this article is saying, with that super long, ridiculous analogy of Star Wars, (laughs) is it's a one in a million shot, if not more. One in a billion shot. I think Han says that, actually. Yeah. That was shot was one in a million, kid. Let's go home. Sounds about right. I haven't seen it in a while. It used to be one of my favorite. That is my favorite Star Wars movie, I think, is that is New yeah. Hope. But 
So, yeah, I don't think it's over. No. I don't think it's close to being over. Oh, I shit. do see it pushing in all the way into January. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, to be honest, like, you know, for the sake of his supporters, I mean, absolutely fight it any way you can, you yeah, know? If, right. And that's the one thing Trump's good at. Well, not one thing, but one of the things he excels at is showing the holes in the system. Yeah. You know, is saying, like, look, this is what's fucked up about it. And I'm going to exploit the shit out of it. <laughs> and that was that was his whole reasoning for um, running in the first place. Oh, he saw all this mess in the system. Yeah. And he, I mean, whether he did a good job of exploiting or not, just the fact that he jumped in. Right. As you said, before we started recording, he was the, the monkey wrench in the right. the whole system. Absolutely. I mean, he he shook things up. He, he said he was going to shake things yeah. up, and he did. Whether Absolutely. it's for the good or for the bad, right. he at least shook things up. To, Absolutely. I think more people are questioning business as usual yep. than they than the media is leading on to absolutely yeah and so just the fact that more and more people are taking a look at this and they're just like mm -hmm. what the hell is this what what is happening yeah. whether you say trump is good or not i mean in the very least um he's kind of exposed right the the shit system yeah and and because of that you know good, good on him so biden's team is carrying on as if he has won the presidency. Right, yeah. Which is smart for them. Yeah, I mean, they he's got to take his steps, whether right. he's going to get it or not. Right. I mean, I it mean, might be he, disappointing for him. I know. He can't just be like, okay, I'll go home then. I'll just sit on my basement even longer. Yeah. Which he probably is doing from his basement. Oh, absolutely. Um, But he started, because I think we said a couple weeks ago that he's going to start with selecting his cabinet members before he's selects right. anybody else yeah and so talk about returning to business as usual right i mean this is a who's who of business as usual like yes. this is obama's like dream team <laughs> yeah right i mean this is literally like I i'm sure he probably went right back to okay obama um, your president lordship. Um, if I win, who should I put in my cabinet? <laughs> uh, you should pick this guy and uh, this guy. So, before we get into this article here that talks about some of his picks, there is rumors, at least consideration, that Biden is considering for UN ambassador Hillary Clinton. And that right there tells you everything you need to know. And that right there makes me want to gag myself. Yeah, right. I don't know how, if that, maybe they're just throwing that around. I haven't heard any serious talk about it, so I'm not going to dive too deep in that. But I did want to read this article that says some of his picks. And one of them is the great, exciting John Kerry. Ugh. I mean, talk about a fresh face in politics. Right? I mean, how many times do you have to lose a race before? Well, I guess Hillary's proof of that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so it says, Biden picked John Kerry as climate czar and Janet Yellen as tre treasury secretary. Even, even that term climate czar takes yeah. you back to the, the Obama era mm -hmm. where he had different czars for different things. Yeah. So, and this will go through some of the people that he's nominated and we'll talk about briefly about a couple of them because we don't have a ton of time in this first hour but we we did want to point out some and what i remember about him is he's got he's married to Teresa hines right who is the hines ketchup lady lady right you know and he always called her Teresa. Teresa. 
Teresa. He can't even Me say and his, Teresa were going to the gala wife. tonight. God, fuck him. Such a douchey guy. He's got that douchey, like, Ivy League voice. Yes, he does. Very much so. President-elect Joe Biden, supposed President-elect Joe Biden, <clears throat> made official his picks for a number of high-level administration and cabinet positions Monday, including former Secretary of State John Kerry to be his special presidential envoy for climate and Antony Blinken as Secretary of State. Biden, I almost said Bison. Biden also plans to nominate Janet Yellen to the Treasury Secretary. Ugh. If you don't know Janet, or what did I say her name? Janet Yellen, Yellen. is she was head of the um, um, the Fed, the Fed, the Federal Reserve for four years under yeah. um, the Obama administration. So, one of the articles I read said that oh, they're just trying to. Um, have a hand-in-glove relationship between the president and the Federal Reserve. That, Bullshit. I mean, that sound. They're saying like that. That like it's a good thing. Right. But that just like we've talked about the Federal Reserve. We talked about um, like the um, interest levels and right. all all the mess that goes into that. So, it, is it good to have a Fed person as your now your? Um, Secretary of Treasury handling all the country's finances? Uh, no. Or is she going to make all these side deals with the Federal Reserve, which is a private entity? It's exactly. not. Yeah. It's not a federally ran bank. It doesn't fall under the jurisdiction right. of the president. Yeah. Says she would be the first woman to hold the job if she is confirmed by the Senate. As, not a good reason to have her. No, in there. it's <laughs> that is not a qualification. Right. Well, she is a woman. As much as I do agree with equal opportunity. Absolutely. That's not a qualification yeah. for for the position. But again, she she does have other quote unquote qualifications. Right. Says as um Treasury Secretary, Yellen would lead the administration's effort to get the economy back on its feet after the devastation caused by COVID nineteen or the devastation caused by the people that shut down the economy right. because exactly. of COVID nineteen. Yeah. Biden earlier announced his intention, intention to nominate Alejandro Mayorkas as his Homeland Security Secretary, Linda Thompson or Thomas Greenfield as U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. So he's nominating. This says he he announced to nominate uh, Linda Thomas Greenfield to the ambassador of the UN. So this says Hillary's out the door. Like. Oh, okay. So what we Got just it. read it was not real. Wasn't a real thing. It might gotcha. have been speculation at earlier on but um well that's a good thing yeah yeah maybe i don't know who this lady is no it says and avril haynes is director of national intelligence goes on to say these individuals are equally as experienced and crisis tested as they are innovative and imaginative whatever they're this is biden speaking yeah their accomplishments and diplomacy are unmatched but they also reflect the idea that we cannot meet the profound challenges of this new moment with old thinking and unchanged habits. So we're putting all these Obama-era right. people in there right. to have new thinking, right. not old way of thinking. They, they just mean like thinking that's not Trump's. Or without a diversity of background and perspective. Right. That's why I selected them. So there's when you're picking all these people that have held positions forever right. you're not getting new ideas right yeah and, yes and, there's diversity there but yeah but it but it's just it's shallow 
like diversity. Mm. I mean, they all have the same views. Mm. They all have the same priorities. You know, they're all globalist. They all want to be on the side of a very uh, active U.S. in international community, right? Yep. Like right. they want they they want the United States to be the police of the world again, right? And heavily involved in the UN, heavily involved in the Paris um, um, Green Accord. Right, right, right. You know, and so that's what they're looking for. And, you know, that's... Yeah, this Blinken guy, Antony Blinken, that um, he nominated for uh, Secretary of State, uh, it says um, he served as dep Deputy Secretary of State and as Deputy National Security Advisor in Barack Obama's administration. So, again, not a new face, right. not a fresh, a fresh point of view. Right. It says that he is a defender of global alliances and is expected to try and coalesce skeptical international partners into competition with China if nominated and confirmed in the role. So, again, another, like, let's get our hands right. across the globe. When Trump was like, hey, let's focus on the U.S., this guy is a defender of global alliances. And, I mean, if you're a believer of the thing, he's... A, a globalist, right. pass it or not? Uh, globalist. Um, what's the word? Um, I don't know. He's defender of globalism, right. pretty much. Yeah. So, again, we're we're going back, trying to get back to uh, business as usual. We're right. trying to get back on the world stage, which I don't think we ever left the world stage. No, we didn't. Talking about Blinken, still it says chief among his priorities, according to the New York Times, will be to reestablish the U.S. as a trusted ally that is ready to join the global agreements and institutions that Trump uh, jettisoned, including the Paris Climate Accord, okay. the Iran nuclear deal, Ugh. and the World Health Organization. Yeah. So all the things we pulled out of because yeah. we were basically self-funding them yeah. and getting not much in return, they're just putting it, throwing us right back into. Right. He says, simply put, the big problems we face as a country and as a planet uh, whether it's climate change, pandemic, whether it's the spread of bad weapons, the spread of bad weapons. Wow. Um, that's the official term of it. Okay. To state the obvious, none of these have unilateral solutions, Blinken said at a forum at the Hudson Institute in July. Even a country as powerful as the U.S. can't handle them alone. So, again, getting us back into all that stuff that Trump saw as a as hurting the u.s personally yeah. hey let's just throw us right back in the mix with this um globalist right. idea ideology yeah get us back um in competition with china is what they're they're toting it as right like, because as we mentioned so many times there's a vacuum china is kind of filling that role right. and we don't want that All right which i i see that but i just don't know if you know, going back to business as usual is the smart way to do it. No. You know? All these people, you know, they're not fresh ideas. They're not fresh faces. It's Again, it, it's back to the Obama way of things. And we're saying this as not left. What right. do you think the far left is saying from his, his nominees here who are... <laughs> I They got to be freaking out, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, because they wanted direct representation right. under the Obama administration. Um, yeah. What was it? The Black Lives Matter was insisting on direct yeah. representation. And none of this is looking like direct right. representation. Yeah. Sure, you have some minorities fill in roles and stuff. Right. But, but again, it's shallow. Yeah. You know, and 
you know, you're getting more of the, the prison reform and, and criminal justice reform under Trump, who is going to sit down and, you know, was sitting down with Ice Cube and, and coming up with this deal. And, you know, now I imagine all that's going to be out the window. Yeah, right. So, so the last thing about Biden, and this is, this is old news, but this just kind of came across an idea that came across us recently, um, talking about kind of the globalist agenda. Right. I don't want to sound too much like Alex Jones, but right. yeah. Um, you remember Trump's or not Trump's Biden's catchphrase, "The Build Back Better." Uh, could can you possibly believe that that? was not an original thought of his from Biden no way no i mean he didn't come up with that i mean what? all his speeches have been so original right. all these I years know. he's such an original thinker but this catchphrase is not from him and he's not the first um world leader to or potential leader to even use this catchphrase in their campaigns the first or not even the first one of the most recent was um the the um Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Oh, from England? Yeah. Okay. So this article says, um, build back better. Why are both Biden and Boris now using this phrase? And it this is from uh, Mises, I think's the name of it. Mises.org. It's okay. very libertarian type okay. organization. I'm good with that. Um, it says, why are they now using this phrase? The Trump campaign shared a video on social media this week claiming... Joe Biden has ripped off a slogan from British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. No way. He ripped off something. We have a great opportunity to build back and build back better. I know you heard that in all his stupid ads. Yeah. Biden said in a video dated July 9th, 2020. Then rolled a video of the British Prime Minister using the same phrase on May 28th. So hmm. what, a week before? 11 right. days before? We owe it. So this is um, the British Prime Minister saying, we owe it to future generations to build back better. Damning evidence, it seems, that the Democrats needed, or nominee once again copied his homework. Biden famously was caught passing off a Robert F. Kennedy quote as his own during his ill-fated 88 run for president. And that <laughs> was one of the- ran in 88. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why he ended up not winning is because oh, of all this plagiarism. So standards stuff. have clearly dropped yeah. <laughs> since yeah. 1988. Oh, yeah. Well, you've heard Trump's speeches, no, so standards yeah, have right. dramatically dropped. In fact, the story here is not one of lazy speech writing or plagiarism. The use of the phrase build back better by both Biden and the British PM, that's a lot of Bs, It's a lot of alliteration <laughs> there, spells something far more sinister. Build back better is the rallying cry of a globalist plot to exploit the coronavirus pandemic for the sake of the narrow-minded, well-connected lobby groups particularly of the environmentalist stripe. Boris Johnson did not uh, coin the phrase Build Back Better. It first surfaced in, on April 22nd in a UN press release marking International Mother Earth Day. So this was right when the pandemic started. Okay. Uh, which was a fake holiday created by the UN in 2009. That makes sense. So it first um, was coined back in April. So before either one of them used the phrase, by the UN, this was UN-created phrase, the right. Build Back Better. Okay. So in April, they said, as the world begins planning for a post-pandemic recovery, the United Nations is calling on governments to seize the opportunity to build back better 
by creating more sustainable, resilient, and inclusive societies. The current crisis is an unprecedented wake-up call, said Secretary General, that's the word of the year, unprecedented, unprecedented, said Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez in his International Mother Earth Day message. We need to turn the recovery into a real opportunity to do things right in the future. Mm. So is it a coincidence that right. a month after the phrase was coined by the UN, Boris Johnson uses the phrase, right. and then 10, 11 days later, Joe Biden uses the phrase. Right. Is that all a coincidence? Were they copying each other, or do you think I, there's like an agenda yeah, going on Yeah, I think here? there's a little bit of agenda. But wait, there's more. But wait. But it's not just Boris Johnson and Joe Biden who are being played like cheap violins by the UN. All around the world, politicians are echoing the same sentiment. The European Commission used the slogan when announcing their $750 billion stimulus fund on May 27th. So this is a day before Boris Johnson's at it. Okay. Said, through this fund, officially titled Next Generation EU, the commission hopes to build back better through channels that contribute to a greener, more sustainable, and resilient society. In Canada, Justin Trudeau signaled his allegiance to the globalist Green Lobby in August, saying we need to reset the approach of this government for recovery to build back better. So now we've Trudeau got... Trudeau too? Trudeau said it. Uh, European Commission said it. Uh, Biden said it. Boris Johnson said it. The UN people said it. The UN even have even taken the liberty of translating the slogan into Spanish, <laughs> Portuguese, French, and many other tongues so that politicians all over the world can sing the same hymn sheet, sing yeah. from the same hymn sheet. Seems a little shady. Some environmentalists are twisting the COVID-19 pandemic into a pretext for extreme green policies of the type that uh, would have been unthinkable less than a year ago. During lockdown, countless commentators waxed lyrical about how nature was coming back to life. I was just going to mention that. Yeah, like oh, there's there's whales swimming in the in the Venice canals again. Yep. And yep. the and San dolphins. Francisco Bay has never been this clear. Yeah. Now, economist Marie, Mariana Mazzucato of University College London is floating the idea of climate lockdowns. Climate lockdowns. That is forcing people to stay in their homes to limit carbon dioxide emissions. So now. You're quarantining to yeah. limit so CO2 Every emissions. year we're going to lock down for about oh, two to three months just oh, so that the, the, the world can kind of do a reset, you know, because we got to take care of yeah, other We're going to have to do an episode about this because yeah. this is this is crazy yeah. shit and we're running out of time in this first hour. But you can see the agenda here. You can see mm -hmm. that this was not a coincidence that everybody's saying the same yeah. thing. This is an agenda. Well, this is to and, push. And, and Biden has been called out. I mean, they said that he had a green deal that he was going with. And then he said, no, I'm not going with that. And then they're like, but he is. And then when Trump got him to say he was going to pull away from oil. Yeah. And Biden said, well, yes, I am going to transition that. And yeah. and then Trump's like, yeah, did you hear that, Pennsylvania? You did hear you hear that, that Ohio? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he can say all he wants. That that's not his agenda, right. but when you are clearly clearly repeating right. this line, this mantra, yeah. and I didn't know until you pointed it out. Right, um, you had heard it on I think Joe Rogan's podcast yeah. right. earlier this week. Um, so 
yes, we are copying another podcast, but we got we get our information through From, all different yeah. sources. So if you've heard this on another podcast, um, great. Um, keep digging into it. We are going to dig into it some more. We are yeah. running out of time today. Maybe we should just dedicated the second hour to that but um <laughs> hindsight's 2020 i i think more of this is probably going to come out especially as yeah. he appoints more people right. that kind of lean that direction right especially as he starts like enacting on policies we'll yeah. see it more in january but if he's inaugurated right. he'll have a plan he'll call it greta's plan <laughs> oh god oh god why why <laughs> how you go there? dare you how dare you plan how dare you yeah right so, uh, we're kind of wrapping it up for our first hour. We're, uh, we don't want to go too long because we did want to get more into our topic from last week, which is if the shit does hit the fan, do you got a plan for that? Do you have right. um, things set up? Do you have a contingency plan? Do you have stock? Right. Um, do you have like savings or have you reinforced your bunker? Right. Are you saving food? What, what do you got going on? Um, and we talked about kind of like the preparing beforehand like right. now in today's scenario right. getting ready to to get out of dodge and now yeah. we're going to be talking about if what happens after the fact yeah. if something happens and right. you were to have to bug out or you were to have to hunker down then what so we're going to just go ahead and roll right into our break and then we're going to come back again continue that conversation from last week and get some more info out to you not to scare you but uh, no. maybe make you really think about yeah. and, um, and, what's going on. You know, if there if something where you need to get a hold of your senator or your representative or whatever to push them a certain way, then you'll know why. Yeah. You'll be educated. You'll know where to look right. to bring up certain points. Right. Exactly. So, so we're just gonna go right into break, and we'll see you right back here in just a couple minutes. Hey everybody, I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast, that is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remsa W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. All right, here we are once again. We're going to switch courses back to just looking back at last week. Like we said, um, looking back at like the 
Maybe the crazy prepper stuff. Yeah, not too crazy. Not too crazy, but some people call them crazy preppers. My mic is, like, loose. It's not cooperating. There we go. So looking at, um, like, contingency plan stuff. That was the title of last week's episode. I'll probably just call this week's episode Contingency Plan Part 2. Makes the most sense. You're out of focus. Why are you out of focus? You should have a contingency plan of how to keep yourself in focus. <laughs> if your camera goes out of focus, this is what you should do. I have to remember that. Yep. So, um, just kind of a recap of last week's. Like I said, if you want the full spectrum of the all the stuff we talked about, go listen to the second hour of last week's episode. We talked about, um, like storing food. We talked about storing water. Um, we talked about how you should like the very least you should be save conserving water or saving water or stashing water or whatever right. is three gallons per person in your family per day, which we both agreed that seems that was way more than we right. either one of us. I thought maybe maybe a gallon. Right. <laughs> I yeah. figure maybe one family could go through a gallon a day. Right. Yeah. Not yeah. three gallons per person. Well, per and day. but you know, you gotta think, you know, you got all these health sites that are like, oh well, make sure you drink you know, so many ounces of water a day right. and how many people actually drink that much water. Right. So ideally three gallons per day per person. Right. And some sites we had read were saying like up to three or four days. Some sites were saying like a month's worth stored up, right. which worst case scenario, yeah, you're gonna need right. extended period water. Right. If you don't have a month's worth at least have like a means right. of obtaining water right. and a means of purifying the water. Right. If you you, you want to have a plan to be able to have that water on hand until you can get something sustainable up and going. Making me thirsty for long term. <laughs> you better drink your water. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Have a plan. Water is one of your life right. vital thing resources that you need. Um, on top of that was uh, your food stock. Obviously, you need food. Right. We talked about the the main means of survival the basic necessities which was air obviously is one uh water food you they were saying to stash like three months of normal food that you would eat every day you should have on hand some sites were saying like two to three weeks which like i said i could easily go two to three weeks and have enough food in my house yeah absolutely um i'm not one i mean i probably won't have like Gourmet dinners for right, yeah, rice and beans day. for a little bit or whatever. Ramen noodles yeah. or mac and cheese or you know, I I've got enough of that kind of stuff yeah. or canned food that I could sustain. Right, but then it's saying also save a year's worth of like the just in case food, like right. white rice and flour and like dried beans and right. things like that that last an extended period of time. Not stuff you typically dip into right. for a meal necessarily yeah. by itself. I mean, yeah, That's as spam. a side, but ugh, no. <laughs> That is not survival. Uh, something my my parents used to do a lot because my mom was a health nut. Mm-hmm. She is a health nut, um, which I couldn't stand. It's powdered milk. It, it tastes nasty, but if you need that that dairy, I mean, see, I don't drink milk re- like regular milk, so yeah. I'm not gonna dip my, into the powdered milk. My kids love milk, but I can't see them drinking powdered no, milk. No, no, it's just it's that nasty. The only good thing I could ever find powdered milk was good for was to make peanut butter rolls. Put in coffee. I could see that instead of using coffee right. creamer because okay, I use yeah. sometimes like the powdered cream, coffee creamer right. stuff. So I could see that, but I 
I could take it or leave it even right. in coffee. So yeah. I, I guess for maybe a nutritional value, maybe. But yeah. again, I don't. And that's the only thing. You really know, drink milk. Um, yeah, unless you have you know like a, a goat or cow or you know <laughs> yeah. you can milk anything that, with teats. That's true. <laughs> I have I have nipples. Could you milk me? <laughs> so there's the the food situation. Right. But water. It, if Again, we're getting into this bug out scenario, right. the possibility of bugging so out. Like you're, you're not going to be able to carry a year's exactly. worth of food. Right. Yeah. So you got to kind of come up with like what you are going to carry. If, right. Like have this stuff on hand for if you are staying yeah. like stuck at home in a quarantine or something right. like that. But if you need to get the hell out of Dodge and that, you need to, you know, grab what you got and go. Yeah. You know, then, you know, it, it would be ideal to have like a tote with, yeah. you know, some like non-perishables in it yeah. that you can throw in the back of the truck or, right. or whatever have a backpack designated for food or right yeah i mean you gotta take into account how many people you are going with you right and how much you can carry obviously food gets heavy right. so if you're planning yeah. on going on foot right. i've back i've done backpacking not like extensive mm. but i've done like three four day backpacking right. trips the majority of the weight that I carried was the food. Oh, absolutely. So, like, by yeah. the last day, my pack is, like, probably Empty. 10, 20 pounds lighter right. than when I took off yeah. because food weighs a lot. So, right. and, and if you're looking at, you know, bugging out and, and you got a vehicle, you know, depending on where your, your rendezvous point is or your, your safety point is, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be able to make it there with the gas you have. And if mm -hmm. not, you know, you have to have an alternate way to be able to get that those totes and supplies out on your bike or whatever so i mean those are things to consider um freeze-dried food weighs like virtually nothing so you can go to like camping stores and get like the mm -hmm. i mean they're expensive right you can get like the pre the freeze-dried meals mm -hmm. but they're like seven eight bucks per person per meal or something yeah. so that gets pricey but i found like a lot of times i'll carry just like you know like the side noodle packs you mm -hmm. can get like the the dried noodles oh, which like is the ramen. powder well, no, just like, like say like, um, um, like Alfredo, like you oh, can get sure. just like the, the bags where you just dump it in a pan of water mm -hmm. and like maybe throw some butter in it and you don't even need the butter, I guess, right. if it came down to it. But I'll carry stuff like that for oh, sure. backpacking because it's light, it's cheap tuna packs right? or like you can get, even get like chicken in like the, mm -hmm. the little foil packs now, like, um, canned right. chicken, um, just anything you can think that's light like that. Yeah. Like the lighter, the better. Um, right. but you got to have enough, obviously. Yeah. So last week, like I said, we're talking about like stocking up a lot this week. We're talking more of like, right. Grabbing, grabbing what you and can go. and getting out. Right. You know, um, keeping a bag with, you know, um, you know, supplies, like you said, some general purpose stuff, you know, like paracord, um, duct tape. Right. You know, um, and I, I had somebody message me, um, earlier this week about this week's episode and they're like you keep talking about bug out bags but you need to talk about what's in it it's like we i thought we we covered right. that yeah. but we'd kind of breezed through it so yeah i did want to kind of um talk about some of that stuff again like you said paracord is right. vital you yeah. might not think so but you can do so right. much with yeah a tarp some paracord right yeah duct tape um you know a good a good knife with sharpener mm -hmm. you yeah know. here let me pull up this list okay. again we'll cover it briefly again before we get into this week so first aid kit is great yeah you get a cut or anything that could easily get infected right. when yeah. you're not in like a vicinity where you can wash up really good 
um, potable water. It just says um, 27 to 32 ounces of potable water. Um, one of the sites we're going to get into says you should be carrying se uh, 72 hours worth of water with you. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at, what would that be, three days? Yes. Three days yes. worth of water. So I don't think you're going to carry three gallons per person for three days worth on your back if it's a right. walking situation. But throwing some jug, like some Coligan jugs or right. whatever in the back of your truck is one thing. But have a method if you, like you said, if you do run out of gas, you're going to have to carry that. Right, yeah. Or if the roads are blocked and you need to, you know, hike it out or, you know, take a bike or mm -hmm. something. I mean, these are things to consider right um so that's why it's good to carry and this says um um ways of filtering your water or ways of right um purifying your water so yeah. if you don't have that option then you have at least the option uh, the opportunity right. to obtain water yeah life straws are great mm -hmm. camelbacks i always carry a camelback just the bladder in my pack when right. i'm backpacking yeah yeah and you know you, you got to really think about worst case scenarios. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't think, okay, we got a plan. We're all going to jump in the car. We're going to drive out of town and meet, you know, 30 minutes north, you know, on a farm field that a friend of ours owns or something. Because, again, you got to think highways closed. I mean, people flooding the streets. Right. You know, you got to think of worst case scenarios. Yeah. And there's so much in this list here that you may not think about, like a pot for boiling the water for right. making the freeze-dried <laughs> right. stuff. Like you can carry all the freeze-dried stuff if you want, but if right. you don't have something to cook it in, yeah, then you have an issue. If you don't have a lighter or some way of starting a fire, you're not going to cook anything yeah. and get any... I mean, you can eat the freeze-dried right. food, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and fire is, again, one of those things that is essential. Yeah. So have multiple ways to make fire. Like I said, you know, you can make some really good fire starters with some Vaseline and cotton mm -hmm. balls, keep them in a Ziploc bag. And that way, you know, throw one on the fire or, you know, it gets yeah. things started. Yep. Yep. Anything like that, that makes your life a little easier. Right. Expends a little less energy. Yeah. You ever watch that like dual survivors show where. Not in a while. I mean, I watched the first season yeah. back when it was the the army guy and the the bush hippie guy yeah um and like they were always talking about like conserving your energy because they had limited right. limited food so every calorie really counts so right. if you're having to expend energy like trying to rub two sticks together right. to start a fire man you're burning calories right like, absolutely and at a certain point those are going to be valuable calories right yeah. now you want to think that rubbing some sticks together is really going to be a life-threatening mm -hmm. issue right but when it comes down to it, everything that expends calories is potentially a life-threatening right. issue to you. Yeah. One, uh, one of the things, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I heard like steel wool, you know, and a car battery, you know. Mm. you know, with I think the they did that on Dual Survivor. Uh, did they? Sure. Okay. And, you know, with our jobs we have, we have a lot of extra wire around. I always try to, like, keep a box <laughs> so that, you know, they're really good for, like, you know, shorting stuff out. But also, you know, you can use the wires – as snares, animal snares. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And so... Well, you can use really low-gauge wire. You mm -hmm. can light... Because it will burn a lot hotter if you right. have, like, 22-gauge or, or lower. Or just, like, the threads of, like, a, a, a stranded wire. Right. I mean, I don't know if you remember me. Um, like, when I get bored, I'll just rig stuff up with right, our stuff yeah. in the, the office. I took just, like, a, 
12 volt battery and um just some like stranded wire and mm. like put a match in it and i was like look i got an electronic match and it was just yeah, like right. lighting matches yeah. with with um copper wire yeah some other things so fire is really important yes have a way have multiple ways to start fire yeah I said, did you, have you seen um, the ad on Facebook? I keep getting all the survivalist stuff yes, on Facebook. Yes, I do too. <laughs> um, but it's that like, it's that like infinite match. Yes. Like you pull yeah. it out of the little container and supposedly it'll stay lit, dipping it in water. I don't know how that's possible, huh. but it's, it claims that it can. Okay. But it's like unlimited use match. It's like a single match that you just keep re-striking, re-striking. Mm, so that's cool. Something like that or one of those flint things, like right. I said. Yeah. Magnesium. Um. Or just carrying a lighter on you, carrying matches, just right. back up. If you are carrying a lighter or matches, make sure they're in something sealed. Right, Ziploc bag or, you know, something that'll keep them protected from the elements. No. They do have waterproof matches, but don't rely on them. No, no, definitely not. Um, other things, if you're going to carry extra clothes on you, one of the more important things is extra socks. Right, yes. If you're trudging through wetness and we talked last week make sure you're wearing good freaking yeah. shoes not, yeah not your freaking definitely invest can't. in some really good hiking boots yeah um but extra socks if you're walking around in wet socks mm -hmm. you will get trench foot it's something that people don't hear of in right. the 21st century <laughs> but i saw it in boot camp yeah it happens when you get damp socks and you walk around for days on end right. and your feet are just submerged in wetness dampness you will get trench foot. Your feet will start to like rot out yes. inside your shoes. And if you need extra information on that, check out Lieutenant Dan on Forrest Gump <laughs> because he covers it extensively. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, obviously, sleeping bags. Yes. A tarp. Again, a tarp goes a long way yeah. for shelter, for right. um, carrying stuff, for yeah. protecting against the rain. For Yeah. And then, again... Um, like you said, paracord or 550 cable or whatever you, mm -hmm. you want to call it. Something strong. Yeah. Something light and strong. And I have, um, so I have one of those, again, one of those like subarctic temperature sleeping bags. Mm -hmm. But I also, I bought a, a bunch of those um, energy blankets that kind of like space trap blankets. the body. Yeah. So they're they're really cheap at the military and, surplus store. And they're light as hell. Yeah. Lightweight so. for emergencies. Um, field guidebook. We talked about that. Bringing... Mm -hmm like resources right of like what's edible plants in the area yeah. what's i wouldn't know no i wouldn't either it's something we should probably I'd end up at. like that dude uh what was that uh famous guy who decided to go out in, into the wilderness where he goes out because he wants to be one with nature and then runs out of his food supply like really quick and then like ends up eating some poisonous berries and die <laughs> nice. yeah he survived up to that point <laughs> um another heavy item that you got to take into account because i would assume you'd take a firearm with you right, firearms themselves right. are heavy yeah ammo is heavy oh as my gosh shit. yeah yeah like i have an ammo can like the old school green ammo cans mm -hmm. full of five five six and shotgun ammo and that thing probably weighs like 30 pounds on its own oh, i believe it yeah so um again like the more weight you're carrying obviously you're going to expend calories yeah but things like that that you need um mm -hmm. if you're planning on hunting or or defending yourself you're gonna have to have some kind of ammo on right. you that stuff gets heavy mm -hmm. so take that into account maybe designate an ammo carrier somebody's right. bag for the ammo Mult having multiple people in a group is going to help out so Absolutely, if it's just yeah. you and your 
two kids and your wife, you're not going to get much right. out the door. Yeah. It's good to have a good support group. That, yes. You know, you guys can kind of team up on. Yeah, with people with multiple skills, because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to have the same skills. And, and if you can conserve your ammunition, you know, instead of hunting or just an emergency, you know, again, you know, pellet guns, high-powered pellet guns will traps, bring down animal traps, snares, um, you know, like a, a slingshot, you know, if you're good with the bow and arrow, um, you know, you can make, they have some really good videos on YouTube about do-it-yourself, like, you know, weapons and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you can make, like, blow guns with PVC pipe and stuff. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. That's just badass. Poison tip darts. Yes. Um, <laughs> headlamp or flashlight, something where mm-hmm. you can see. Extra batteries, obviously. If right. you're carrying walkie-talkies or flashlights or anything like that, you got to have batteries for it. Right. Absolutely. Um, talks about toilet paper. Again, toilet paper, to me, isn't the most important thing. Right. You, you it, can find other things to wipe You're going to run out. With. You're only going to be able to carry so much, right. and you can always find. Just don't use the leaves of three. <laughs> don't use poison ivy. That would not be good. No. Um, it talks about camping soap, like a right something to wash with, keep clean with. Yeah. Another thing it mentions in here and is very useful is wet wipes, like baby mm-hmm. wipes or something yeah. like that. Like when I go backpacking, all I carry is... Wet wipes. Wet wipes, yeah. because I mean, you can throw throw a pack in yeah. your in your backpack, and then you can do a quick yeah. field scrub down. If it's more than like three or four days, you're gonna obviously want soap right. or something like yeah. that. But. Which you know, it's not a bad idea to carry, you know, for long term, you know, soap, toothpaste, mm-hmm. deodorant, you know, that kind of stuff that'll you know. Keep Make your if, life a little bit better, right? Now, if you're like you. me or you, you know, and you wear contacts, you know, like you know, I know they're expensive to get extra contacts, but you know, make sure you have a pair of glasses. Have those, or uh, yeah, like I, you said, have glasses. Definitely have your glasses. Don't don't rely on your contacts because they're going to run out eventually. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or you, you, I mean, you have the potential of getting eye infections, taking those in and out all the time. I'm absolutely right. It'd probably be a better idea to have the glasses. Yeah, but... get some of those, you know, birth control glasses yep. from the, the BCGs. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's uh, again a kind of a recap of what to put in a bug out bag. Yeah. Um. Um. You know, and again, you want to be able to think about, um, you know, carrying around, you know, extra like, you know. I don't know, first aid kits have some, but you're going to want an extra, you know, Tylenol to bring fevers down, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, you know, try to think about things that kind of out of the box because resourcefulness is really your best friend. Right, yeah. Yeah, Think things that you go through lists like this because, again, there's stuff that I never would have thought of. Right. There's stuff yeah. that I'm sure you people have never thought of. When I say you people, I don't mean you people. <laughs> But everyone, there, there's got to be stuff in there that we haven't thought of. Right. Or um, not even just carrying stuff, but doing things. Like right. some of the stuff we're going to get into once you bug out, there's things right. that I'm just like, well, I wouldn't have thought oh, of that right. as a Absolutely. priority. Yeah. Like saws, you know, mm-hmm. um, axe, you know, because, you know, wood or shelter or whatever, you know. Um, just a lot of, lot of different things that you can use. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our next thing we want to get into though, is going from like prepping for bug out to the actual bug out. But before I get there, I mentioned last week, I think that my number one concern is like, at what point do you bug out? Like at what point do you pull the trigger? Right. When is it too early? When is it too late? Yeah. And so I have this one article that is titled, Bug out or bug in? How to know when to go or to stay? So 
in certain um um situations like say like the derecho like we had a few months ago mm-hmm. you're not gonna i mean unless the people just go crazy and the shit right. really hits the fan you're not gonna just oh there's a there's a storm let's get the hell out of dodge right, yeah. no let's I, go up north <laughs> no um in that case you're going to want to like obviously stay put and probably um secure your surroundings like in case yeah. people do get a little crazy crazy but um in that situation yeah just make yourselves as comfortable as possible and have your supplies on hand that we right. talked about and, and fortify your house you yes. know have a way right. to you know secure your your points of entry your windows mm-hmm. your doors um you know ways to secure water or heat you know in case there is no electricity right like we talked in the draco we were lucky it happened in the summertime right and the nights were fairly cool you know it wasn't like we were sweating our asses off Another reason to stock up on a fire supply or like firewood and things like that for if it does happen in the winter, Mm -hmm. you have a heat source. Right. Uh, So this article, like I said, is called Bug Out or Bug In. Um, It says, pull this up, receive an email from a prepper friend of ours who was in the path of an oncoming hurricane. He was struggling with the decision of whether or not he should evacuate with his wife and newborn son. These situations, there are so many variable variables that it's impossible to give a one-size-fits-all answer. It says, when should you bug out and when should you bug in? The choice to stay or to go when disaster strikes should be determined by credible, timely information. If your home and safety are threatened by floodwaters, wildfire, hurricanes, hazmat situation, or civil unrest that has escalated to dangerous levels, um, then that's when you should... Um, that's when it's time to bug out, it says. It says, you may not need to go to a stereotypical bug out location deep in the mountains, but it may be wise to evacuate to, pre- to a predetermined safe place. So, again, we talked about last week. Right. Know where you're planning on going. And right. if you have other um, people in your group, <laughs> like make a plan and let them know right. like where we're going. And this is what's going to happen. This How is- to communicate to them. Right. So, first it talks about bugging in and sheltering in place, or hunkering down, or staying home. A lot of terms for it. Um, It says, it's bugging in is a term used by preppers to refer to a time when you choose to face the dangers from your well-stocked, secure home. Key point is your well-stocked, secured home. Like, that doesn't mean don't have a plan just because you're staying home. Have a plan for both. Right, yeah. That's why we talk about the three gallons a day for months or whatever the three months worth of food you have a plan for if something happens you have to stay home you have a plan if something happens you have to get out right exactly says there's no right or wrong answer um you'll need to make a decision based on your individual circumstance and family obligations it says where you live can play a determining factor whether or not to bug out is a choice, the best choice for you. So right. again, we talked about being in town, right? Which I'm closer to downtown than than you are, and so I mean, I would be less likely to stay around where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but still, I'm in town too. Right. I'd be less likely than somebody say out on a farm or right. a more little bit more rural or remote location. Right. Yeah, those are the places I'd be going. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this says that it says if you live in a suburb or in the country you have the um, ability to better provide for your own needs than if you live in a large city and have to compete with the masses for scarce resources right so we're more in the suburb i'm more in the suburbs than you are we're not even in a big city at all so we're more 
um in safe place than like say downtown chicago or something right. yeah um so it talks about the different reasons to bug out it talks about natural disasters flooding wildfires earthquakes civil unrest is obviously what we want to really point out here right. because that's what we've been talking about right. the that's most that's kind lately. of what yeah our biggest concern is with stuff yeah and for at the moment but again things could happen there's a likelihood right. of a natural disaster or something right. that would force you out of your house yeah so this says civil unrest or the breakdown in public order every prepper is rightly concerned about the dangers that exist when people are desperate and lawless, the threat of civil unrest tends to be higher in large cities or densely populated locations. Again, we talked about that. Considerations for deciding whether or not to bug out determine or bug out during civil unrest. Um, some of these questions are: Is there an immediate threat to your safety of your home and family? So, I mean, is it getting really bad right. close to you? Yeah. The situation escalating to the point where you may be in danger if you stay. So, again, like, even if, like, you got to kind of uh, play the long game here because right. even if it doesn't look, there's nothing going on directly around you. Right. If you stay, is there potential that it could get bad right. around you? At how long? And, you know, just because you have guns. Yeah. You know, there it's a numbers game at that point. Do you right. really want to risk, you know, being shel sheltered in place and, you know, be surrounded by you know hundreds of protesters going house to house right you know and if you use up all your ammo on the protesters how are you going to catch food or right things to take into consideration exactly can you adequately defend your home and family from the threat where you are located Just like you were talking about or would you find greater safety leaving than you have in your current location yes yes i would right. but it also talks about civil war so it goes from civil unrest to civil war. A nation ravaged by civil war may require locating to a safer place. The safest location may just be outside the country altogether. So it's saying it's a good, re good thing to have a current passport on hand just in case you need to like actually get out of the freaking country. But what's the odds if something like that were to happen that you'd be allowed out of the country? Yeah. You know, or right. why would would Canada or well would you want to go to Mexico? But would Canada let you in their country knowing Legally. everything that's right. going on, you know? Right. Not good enough to just leave the country. You have to know where you're going and have a plan for safe accommodation. So I have no idea of how I would get out of the country, so yeah. I'm not even going there. Right, yeah. I mean, there's enough. The nice thing about the United... We talked about national parks last week. You know, mm -hmm. like, that would be a good place to hide out. Yeah. Isn't it? Be a national park. But yeah. there's enough, like, wooded, mountainous, you know, sparsely populated areas that you could go and hide. Right. That, you know, with that's not out of the country. Yep. So it says, timing is critical when bugging out. This is the question I had right. last week. It's always best to leave before a situation has reached its high point. Make the decision and leave before you are fighting traffic with thousands of other desperate you, people. You can always come back. Yeah. Benefits of bugging out, evacuating to escape danger. Bugging out can quickly remove you from imminent danger to a place that is theoretically safer and has better resources. You may need to bug out from urban environments and the risk associated with the densely populated areas. Um, the dangers of bugging out include, um, it says bugging out has significantly more dangers than benefits. 
That's interesting. It's important to carefully weigh your options before making the decision to leave the safety of your home because you already have all your supplies, right. the comfort, the warmth, the shelter, all the things that you need to survive you have here at home. Right, absolutely. So if you bug out, you have to be able to accommodate all those things that you just have so comfortably here. Right, no, that makes sense. Once you leave your home, you are a refugee, and that is a very dangerous status. Bugging out in a vehicle is pre preferable to bugging out on foot. However, you must always be prepared to end up on foot as you travel to your destination. Some dangers of bugging out may include these. Current weather conditions. I'm not going to really read these because you know what <laughs> weather right. conditions yeah. could be. Fantasy versus reality. Um, it says, few individuals who really understand what it's like to survive in the wilderness or to live on the streets. It can be exciting to watch the survival show from the warmth of your home on your comfortable couch. So it's basically saying it's not yeah. as easy as it looks right. on TV. Right, which doesn't look easy at all. <laughs> Struggle. No, it doesn't look easy, and it's harder than what right. it actually looks. Yeah. Struggle for safety and comfort. Um, the environment will be an unfamiliar and lurking with a variety of dangers. Where are you going to sleep? What's your next? Where's your next meal coming from? You only have the food that you can take with you. It doesn't take long to become discouraged and desperate when hunger is your constant companion. Uh, medical assistance, if you bug out, again, you're not going to have all those right. medical supplies. You're not even going to have just like the comfort of washing right. a wound or something like right. that. Yeah. Physical and mental limitations. Like I said, if you're carrying stuff, there's only so much you can carry. Right. Um, if children are included you have to carry supplies for the children they're not going to be able to right. carry all that shit and if you have a you know a little one or you know are expecting you got to plan for like formula or you know baby supplies uh -huh. i mean it's just extra things you got to carry right i mean just to think about think back to when your kids were infants and you had to go on a road trip all oh the extra gosh, supplies yeah. you had to bring right. imagine having to carry all that for survival for mm -hmm. your kid right so, I mean, that's that's about and, it for that article. And, and something that we didn't talk about also is, I mean, you, you have to completely adjust your thinking. You're not going to have, most likely you will not have the comforts of a cell phone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you got to think about carrying maps, you know, compass. I mean, you yeah. got to go the old school way of things, you know, to figure out where you're going or how you're going to get there. Get, go out and buy. If you're planning on staying in the state, I would get your state map. You get those like laminated ones right. at yeah. the gas stations that mm -hmm. are all folded up. Um, I would keep one of those on hand just right. in case. If you have a destination planned out, go back slightly old school to the MapQuest days. Right. Print off all those directions, like step-by-step -step directions like you see on your GPS now. Do you remember the MapQuest where <laughs> you printed out your GPS mm -hmm. on paper and you still just followed the paper right. instructions yeah um print those out laminate them or whatever um have those av available so um you can get to your destination if gps isn't available right. i mean we live in a day now where if i don't have my gps man i'm kind of screwed right yeah yeah my, my wife has lived in this town all her life and she still can't figure out how to get downtown <laughs> half the time right yeah well i ran into a situation a couple years ago when I got distracted talking to my wife, you know, on a trip, mm -hmm. missed our turnoff, ended up in BFE, Indiana, no <laughs> yes. cell signal, right? Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, had to figure out how to get back to where I was at. And fortunately, I came across a rest stop, which had half of a, 
half of a map. Oh, okay. No, they didn't even have Wi-Fi there. Oh, okay. They had a, a map of the state, so I was able to kind of chart a course back to where we needed to yeah. be. It was crazy. Yeah, so a lot of things to consider. Um, yeah, and... That, that you don't even, like, really take into account. Well, and you had brought up a lot of good points last time we talked about, like, okay, you know, what if, you know, again, you you have a group... You're not all able to meet, mm -hmm. not able to communicate for whatever reason. You know, you have to be able to, okay, point A is not working right. We have to meet over at rendezvous point B. How right. do you communicate that? You right. Know, and, and without... does the other person know your signal? Like, you got to right. have that planned out ahead. Exactly. Because if you're, like, leaving a mark on a tree, going right. back to, like, primitive time, mm -hmm. they got to know what that mark means, and you're not going to scroll in the tree right. hey meet here because right. then anybody can roll across that yeah. and be like oh there's somebody with food over there right um <clears throat> so that gets us to post bug out like after you bug out things that you have to consider right like we talked about what to take we talked about when to do it or when not to do it a little bit briefly again that's going to be all based on your own situation like right. there's no set situation of hey if this happens bug out right you gotta kind of make that decision ahead of time be like if a then b which we're getting out of here right right and communicate that with everyone mm -hmm. so we'll talk about now like some considerations after you've bugged out and a lot of this stuff i've never even right. i mean it just wasn't considerate a consideration to me right like <clears throat> My first priority, if I was to prioritize things before reading some of this, these articles, is you get to where you're going, probably make a fire first right. because it's going to probably be getting dark. Right. Then you have the light, you have the warmth. Mm -hmm. Then start working on your shelter, mm -hmm. maybe make some food, just like, like a normal right. camping trip, right. basically. Right. Absolutely. That's not the case in some of these. Like This is a step-by-step -step guide to survival after bugging out. And it talks about some of the priorities, like in order... Right. Once you get to your location, your bug out designated location, whether as temporary or permanent, and this is another great resource that has like is full of like links to mm -hmm. other resources. So some of these things that it talks about as priority, there will be a resource to right. like click on a link to learn how to do some mm -hmm. of those things. So this one is this is the bugoutbagguide.com. So says step-by-step -step guide to survival after bugging out and it says it's one thing to have everything you need prepared and ready to go in case of disaster it's quite another to know exactly what to do and stay calm under pressure so what are you doing once you get to that point right this disaster what do you do what you do in those first crucial moments has a lasting impact on your long-term survival however preparing for survival and actually surviving are two very different things so there's preppers and there's actually the people that are actually going to survive you can prep all you want right but those crucial steps right away are going to determine whether or not you actually survive mm -hmm. so that takes you from a prep prepper mode to like survivalist right. mode like you should have both skills really, really right priority number one this is the one i didn't really consider it as the first thing when you get there is securing the area right and this sounds to me more like like a military patrol or right. something like yeah. that like once you get to location mm -hmm. you need to make sure nobody else has gotten to there first right. or is hiding out waiting to ambush or what mm -hmm. if you're in that kind of scenario other people 
are just as desperate as you are. Absolutely. And who knows what they're going to do. Absolutely. Says once you and your party have arrived to your designated bug out location, the first thing you want to focus on is ensuring the area is still a safe place to spend the night. Check out your perimeter, and if you haven't already, sketch out a rough map of key area features. Find a decent vantage point that allows you to get your bearings and view surrounding area, making note of bodies of water, visible trails, roads, and train tracks. Another important important sign to look for is evidence of other travelers. You chose to bug out location because of its desirable features. Perhaps other bug out parties have as well. Key indicators to look for include man-made items along your trail, um, rising smoke, bright colors indicating tents or tarps. Additionally, listen carefully for footsteps, voices, all that stuff. At this point, simply having knowledge of any person nearby and being able to keep tabs on them without divulging your location will suffice until you've addressed the second priority. Second priority is assessing everyone's health. So you want to first look around and make sure it's secure. Right, yeah. If there are other people there, just don't move really. Don't right. just like get get the hell out of there unless they're an immediate threat. If you right. can see them, just like keep an eye on them without right. them seeing you. Number two is assessing the health of your group. That is like, like anything can be any minor health issue can be a major health issue right. when you don't have all the resources. Exactly. So like any cuts or scratches like make sure they're cleaned mm -hmm. up and covered so like even minor it says even minor cuts can become a major problem if they become infected right so make sure everyone's like like in good shape yeah um check everybody out um don't just take oh oh i'll be fine as right yeah an answer right like, oh yeah I, I cut myself on this rusty nail but i'm sure it'll be okay <laughs> yes and then prioritize treatment based on severity i mean that's like First aid 101, right. like don't tend to this guy's cut if this guy has like a gash in his arm that's like <laughs> gushing blood. Yeah. Also, it even talks about um, taking account emotional health, like make sure mm. nobody's like having like panic attacks. Oh, or I'm sure. I mean, freaking out. If your whole world is just flipped upside down. Yeah. You know, it's like anxiety, like mm -hmm. massive anxiety. Like if you're traveling with somebody who has already anxiety problems in the real world, right. imagine what that's like right. out there. Um, it says you can keep like children busy by like gathering firewood just to kind of keep their mind off of like freaking mm -hmm. out. Priority number three is attempting communication. We talked about the importance of communication, whether that's mm -hmm. a weather radio or a, an emergency radio where you can at least hear what's going on in the world. Um, if you're bugged out because of a natural disaster, the um, emergency radio will kind of give you a clue what's going on mm -hmm. or if there's like a civil war going on, you could probably hear right. the reports of what's going on. Um, it says emergency broadcasts will provide you with current information and potentially the extent of the damage in a disaster scenario. Information will help you better assess whether or not to stay at your bug out location as you will be aware of potential impending threats such as bombings or scope of natural disaster. Cell phone use is an option you may be able to check in with loved ones to help alleviate some anxiety. Plan on there not being cell phone. Right. Just plan for it. Again, with our Draco, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Says, however, if you're unable to reach them, don't panic. Communication lines are often overwhelmed in the aftermath of a crisis, which is probably similar to what we experienced um, with the Derecho. Priority number four is setting up the camp. So I said this was priority one would, right. would have been my thought, but this is down in priority four. Yeah. 
fire and shelter are the two main things for this. And here is, like if you click here where it says click here, um, some simple shelter uh, designs and, and ways to build them. Like, um, again, this resource is chocked full of other resources. Mm -hmm. This talks about a whole bunch of different survival shelters from a simple frame and tarp method. It gives you the type of shelter, the number of people it can fit, how long it takes to build, how difficult it is to build, and the resources. So it goes from like a simple frame and tarp method. Again, importance of having a tarp. Mm -hmm. It can be a basic shelter. Um, takes like less than an hour to make. Uh, talks about all the way up to like A-frame shelters, TPs, subterranean survival shelters, which would be like digging a hole underground. Right, yeah. Um, to long-term log cabins, which take weeks to build and is difficult and <laughs> which if you have a chainsaw <laughs> you know might be or a good an, idea to get one <laughs> yeah or an axe right i mean if it ends up being like a long-term scenario you're going right. to want more than just tents at some right. point yeah. so eventually you're going to get to the point where right. you're going to want more permanent come, structures come winter time or cold weather you know yeah tents not just not going to cut it right so again this covers a bunch of those different um shelters the interesting one here is the simple body heat shelter and that's just like covering yourself in like dirt and leaves and stuff just to use your own body heat to okay. keep you warm or like digging right. into the snow mm -hmm. like you hear of how you can stay warmer by like digging mm -hmm. under the snow it sounds crazy but right. uh, make sure you're wearing waterproof clothing though yes because um if you get wet then you're really going to be hypothermia miserable. sets in your your toast yeah so back to this guide uh, so fire and shelter, um, establishing the location for your shelter and fire, it's time to, to start building the fire. So build your fire first. Mm -hmm. says you can light from, use the light from the fire to continue building or setting up your shelter. As a prudent measure, you should include at least two means of starting a fire. You talked about two or three methods right. of doing things um, in your bug out bag. However, if you run into problems, here are six ways to make fires without matches. Again, another resource. It talks mm -hmm. about like rubbing sticks together, the bow drill thing that you see on um, like the dual survivor right, where yeah. they make like, take like a bow with string. Mm -hmm. Again, another good reason to carry paracord. Right. Um, then you spin it and make fires. Um, also, and I know you said you wouldn't have thought of this, another step in um, setting up your camp is hygiene area. Right. I mean, you think of the tent, you think of the fire, right? but you don't think, oh, <laughs> where are you going to do your business? Right, right. It says, designate an area to serve as a bathroom downhill, obviously. I mean, I say obviously, but <laughs> right. in the moment, are you are you going <laughs> right. to think of that? Or yeah. are you just going to go <laughs> take a piss over there and right. it yeah. ends up running down <laughs> right. in your camp? Especially if it's a more permanent location, right. you're going to want a very specific yeah. Location for that. Oh, and this brings up a really good point, um, which you were going to get to, but it says 200 feet away from your main camp area and any water source. Yeah. Last thing you want is your business mixing with your water supply right. because, again, and your toast. If if Johnny's going down and pissing in the stream. <laughs> right, where you get your water. Knock him out. <laughs> so it says digging individual cat holes will work for smaller groups, like, like if just me and your family were to go out, mm -hmm. dig a cat hole or something. Uh, if you're in a larger group, um, dig a latrine. It talks about a six-foot trench. 
It's about eight inches deep. That just doesn't seem yeah, very deep. Yeah, I would think deep. you'd want deeper. But. Says, make sure you fill, use every inch from one end to the other. So cover the whole thing mm-hmm. and then cover it in, with soil afterwards <laughs> as you go. When all the space is used up, you'll need to choose another location as concentrating too much waste in one area decreases the composition rate and attracts wildlife. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Another thing to be aware of is food preservation. Bears like food. If you're in a bear-infested region, you see it in the movies. It's true. You should hang your food in a tree because the bear will try to get it. And that's, you know, something to consider because if there is a an issue, say like a, you know, civil war or whatever, I mean, wildlife is going to migrate. Yeah. So, you know, consider all options with that. Well, so. we had already heard this year that bears were spotted in Iowa this right. year. Yeah. For whatever reason, for the or, first time in uh, forever. A cougar seen over in Hiawatha. Yeah. Just not too far from here. Yeah. So, yeah, um, hang the food from the tree. A lot of times on the trails, they actually have the cable. Across oh, okay. for bear, hanging food from bears. I told my wife that when I went hiking, she's like, "You actually hung your food." I was like, "Yeah, there, there's bears." Yeah, right? it's not. I mean, they're not making the shit up on TV. <laughs> Nobody's gonna make fun of you. No, <laughs> be like, "Oh, look at that guy hanging his food." Right. <laughs> Finding a water supply is priority five, and it says the reason why it's so low on the priority list because water's one of the most essential things. Right. But the reason why it's so low on your priority list is because you should be carrying the shit on you right, already. you should already have some water. It says you should have bugged out with a 72-hour water supply. So that's why they're putting it so low. Or you have a means of purifying it. If you don't have those two things, you didn't plan ahead and you had to get out of town, <laughs> right. you need to move that up on your priority list. Right, yeah. That comes before food preservation, I yeah, would think. Absolutely. Like, you better find some freaking water yeah. because if you're there for a few days, you're going to need freaking water. Especially if you've been walking for hours or days on end, right? You need water. Um, talks about different ways of uh, harvesting water. There's some resources here for you to click on, and I'll include this in the show notes again. So if you want to find this stuff and go dig more into this resource, you can. But it talks about um, you've seen in the movies like condensating like you make right. like the tp thing with mm-hmm, like with the plastic. plastic or a yeah. tarp or something and condensation collects mm-hmm. off it i mean that would take a yeah. lot of condensation to right. or collecting rainwater get you three gallons per day yeah. per person um digging for water and low points if that's possible um then the next priority is rationing your supplies i mean you can have all the supplies on you want if you're not properly right. rationing right you're gonna blow through them really fast yeah. talks about bringing energy bars or like granola bars, like things that have decent amount of calories that are easy mm-hmm. to carry. Priority seven is finding food. This again, you might want to study up on local edible plants in your area or have like something that tells you what it is. Right. Learn how to hunt, learn how to fish, shows you how to make traps like for small, mm-hmm. small game. Yeah. Which so, I, I, Again, I carry, you know, like a tackle box uh-huh. and, you know, fishing poles and stuff just right. in case. Right. Or just carrying like fishing line on right. you with yeah. some stuff. So if you can't carry or you a full can make fishing. like a, a really like a easy net using like a like a shirt or towel, uh-huh. you know, right. over some sticks. Priority eight is defending your camp. So priority one was securing it, but priority eight is defending it, whether that's from bears, whether mm-hmm. that's from thieves, um, Keeping your supplies safe from 
other people or other animals. Because if your supplies, if you have all the supplies and they get de- like stolen from you, then that sucks. Yeah. Um, it says, first step in defending your camp is to set up a watch. So keeping somebody on lookout all the time. Again, looking like military right. patrol. Yeah. Like, you're not all... If you're in out in the woods in a bug out location, you're not all going to be sleeping at the same time. Right. You better have somebody up keeping watch. Yeah. At all. Again, times. this is not you know the 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 Hilton. You right. know this is yeah you know a survival situation, high alert. You know, ne- be anticipate anything that can happen. And from just this isn't what it talks about in here, but me personally, you you better not be like a really stubborn person. You better right. be able to. Somebody's going to have to step up and take charge. Right. And people are going to have to follow suit. Yeah. yeah. And people are going to have to be able to take the one knee down position and, and let that person do their thing yeah. instead of, you know, trying to get in a pissing contest. Right. Uh, there's no room for that in a situation like right. a life and death situation like this. Says you need a strategy to handle human intruders. Each situation will be evaluated reasonably. Arming yourself with weapons and defense tactics to protect against attackers is a smart move, um, but not every person you encounter will be will be out to get you. So don't just shoot everybody that comes by, <laughs> but like be on the lookout. Right. Like, yeah, you you're, never know; they could be trying to like right. set you up or like, your your top priority is the people in your group. So everybody else, it may sound cold or mean or whatever, but uh-huh. you know sometimes you just can't waste food on. You know. mm-hmm. Right. Most important thing to remember after bugging out is to stay positive and calm. So, I mean, this is going to be probably one of the hardest things right. is like keep a positive mentality. Yeah. Keep yourself busy. You're going to be right. plenty busy. Right. And stay and calm. Yeah. Like freaking out is not the solution. Yeah. You know, and if you have if if you're a list person. It might not be a bad idea to to have a list to keep yourself on task, to keep uh-huh. yourself focused. Be like, okay, this is what we need to do first. This is what we need to do second. I mean, that doesn't hurt to right. have that, and right. it, it it'll keep you focused so that you don't go into some kind of you know panic mode. If you are planning, which everybody should have their own plan, if you want really good ideas, hook up with. A former military guy, somebody mm-hmm. that knows patrolling, somebody that knows um, how to secure an area, or hook up with somebody that knows how to hunt, or mm-hmm. like, like we said, um, having a network, even if it's like having a network of people all on the same page, we're all going to the same spot with different skills, with different, right. um, yeah, survivalist skills, or um, having a good planner, like a list maker in your team is not a bad idea. Right. Absolutely. So somebody that can like prioritize things right. like, somebody well, we got to do this. We got to do this. I'm not that you can person. ration food, right. you know, or, you know, make sure people get the portions and, you know, fairly and, you know, based on need. I'm not a list maker. So I'm not a list maker either. <laughs> I'm like, just do it as it comes. Right. So yeah. if, if you have people like that, um, get them in your lives. Um, yeah, there, there's just so much stuff here, yeah. and um, those are the main points we wanted to read, but I just wanted to maybe talk a little more about it because, again, like this is stuff that, I mean, it, it all seems like when you read it, it's like, well, duh, obviously you right. got to secure your area, but neither yeah. one of us were like, didn't think right. of that. Yeah. It didn't cross my again, mind. Again, yeah, like you said, you know, first priority was, you know, make a fire, make sure you have shelter, you uh-huh. know, and, and that, you know, it makes sense to 
Right. And here's another article similar. It says the five things to consider after bugging out. And again, the very first thing is security. Number one is security. So this isn't just one person's mm -hmm. opinion. This is the top priority across the board. It says the first thing you have to be concerned about is your personal security. Normally that's not our highest survival priority. Like in a normal situation, you're not thinking of your personal security right. first. Right. But all that shit goes out the window if you're not in a safe spot, if you're not mm -hmm. safe. It says, but if we're talking about a mass evacuation, you have to be. At least some of the people who will be bugging out along with you may have criminal tendencies. So, hmm. again, like know the people that right. yeah. you're, you're traveling with. Um, and even then, like when the shit hits the fan, they might flip immediately, right. like go to full-blown panic oh, yeah, mode. Because you don't – yeah, exactly. I mean – a situation like that, that kind of trauma, you know, it's just, you got to be prepared for anything. So scouting your retreat, when you arrive at your survival retreat, take the time to loop around. So this goes into more detail about like securing the location. Mm -hmm. Here, let me pull this one up. It says, uh, take time, loop around, checking it from all sides. While doing this, look into the location to see if there are signs that anyone is there or anything is disturbed, as well as looking for tracks and other signs that would indicate that others have walked that way. One of the easiest signs to look for is broken twigs on trees and underbrush. That doesn't that's not that easy to mm -hmm. spot if right. you're not a tracker. It says animals never break those, only humans. Hmm. Once you've looped around the site, then move in closer and do another loop. So you do like a wide perimeter loop, then you move in closer, do mm -hmm. a smaller perimeter loop. Looking for the same things. Um, it says, remember, any place you can find and turn into a survival retreat, others can as well. Unfortunately, some of those people may not be all that concerned with who owns the property. So if you own a place, like say you own a farm or a, a, pro a plot of land out somewhere that you right. intend to be your retreat, other people aren't going to care that you own that. They, right. they just won't in that yeah, situation. Absolutely. Finders, keepers. It says... It's possible you're going to have to evict people who are squatting on your property. Um, finally, when you move in to enter, only have a couple people move in close to mm. begin with. Like, ha only have a few people going first to make sure everything's good. Right. Set uh, up a watch. Provides fire support, it says. So this is like full-blown military tactics right. here. yeah. Set up fire support if needed. Then look to see if the doors or windows have been breached. Clear the building as if it were being held by terrorists. Hmm. Be slow to shoot, but not so slow that they have the opportunity to wound or kill any member of your party. You may be able to win the battle without firing a shot simply by having overwhelming firepower at your disposal. So this is a full-blown military exercise. And that's what it's saying. It says, yeah. in a sense, this is a military exercise. You will have to treat it that way. Um, it goes into communications. One of the biggest questions we'll be facing, how long you're going to have to stay away from home. Will it be short term or long term or permanent? Uh, that's going to depend on the reasons why. Obviously, everything's going to depend on something. Right. Um, the only way you're going to know if it's possible of returning home is if you find out what's happening. So mm -hmm. again, the, the radios or two-way communication. This one talks about resupply, which that's something we didn't get into in the other right. article. Um, like you bring in the food, it did talk about like foraging and hunting and stuff. But this talks about like, say you have a retreat place set up 
like maybe stash some food out there ahead of time. Right. So if you're planning on getting somewhere, like, and don't have it like in a locked food pantry, like have it in a (laughs) place nobody would think of, bury it underground, have it in like a giant storage container that has like a bunch of locks. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's saying also don't put it all in one spot. So don't stash all your stuff. Kind of stash it around. Yeah. So another thing is it talks about, and I'm not reading this, I'm just paraphrasing because we're running out of time. Again, we're already running out of time. I know, right? We barely scratched this. Yeah. Um, once you get there, like I said, don't have your supply in your main location. Mm-hmm. Once you get there and secure the place, don't go bring all that supply back right. to your main location either because you yeah. don't know when you're going to have to get out of there. You don't know if somebody's going to right. like try to take over that spot. So you at least yeah. so only go and get what is needed and mm-hmm. bring back. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Again, things you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. So don't keep all your eggs in one basket. I talked about that. Talks about building a new life. So it says, unless you are going to be returning in just a few days, start thinking the long term. Start thinking about, hey, this is this is a permanent thing for now. Right. Like, build your life there. Um, make it, I guess, as permanent as you need to to survive. And then it goes into actually returning home. It says, most of us would probably prefer this option rather than staying in our survival retreat. That just depends on how badass I made my survival <laughs> retreat. Right. Because I, I could live in like a freaking cabin in the woods forever. Right. It says, we as humans are social creatures intended to live in community. Well, if you have your best friends around you, what right. else do you need? Exactly. <laughs> returning home should only be undertaken with extreme caution. Um, send, again, send a scout first, a scout mission first. Mm-hmm. So if things aren't safe, your whole group's not getting taken out at the same time. Right. Send the people you like the least to scout for. <laughs> <laughs> um, says, looking f- in addition to looking for danger, the scouting expedition also needs to be looking to see how easy it will be to survive once you return home. If there's a natural disaster, some of those things that were the comfort of your home might not be that comfortable anymore. You might not have running water. You right. might not have electricity. Right. Yeah. You might so, not have a house. Might have got burned down. So is it is it going to be you're going to be um, less chance of surviving back home than you right. are in this situation you set up out there? Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of the same scenario. Like, is it safer for... Like when we talked about whether or not you should bug out, is it safer to stay or go? Right. When you're coming home, you got to determine, is it safer to go home or to stay stay right. put where we are? Yeah. Um, are there warlords or gangs in control of the area? Like did right. somebody come in and take over the area? Right. How many others are living there and what kind of shape are they in? Are people working together to survive or not? Again, just all the things that you don't even think about. Right when something like this happens not trying to scare people but sometimes a little fear or a little just a little like fear porn i guess you could call it what we're fear mongering um maybe what you need to like just start maybe thinking about this stuff like it doesn't hurt like getting your gears turning of i mean (laughs) worst case scenario nothing happens right right and then you're not then you just have stock of stuff that you can right. eat later <laughs> exactly um we are at one hour of this second hour already can you believe that it flies it does do you We're have anything fun. you know like 
you get anything out of this? What? No, absolutely. I did. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, shelter and, and fire were the first things I was thinking, you know, right. you get to a certain place and obviously, you know, if you got a truck, you can sleep in the truck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, securing the area, you know, making sure that, you know, nobody has disturbed your area, you know, having supplies. If you have an area where you're supplying food, hidden, buried, mm-hmm. you know, don't bring it all back to camp, keep it out and hidden, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It gets you yeah. thinking again right. about things that you wouldn't think of otherwise. Right. So again, we are kind of learning this as we're mm-hmm. passing the information to you because it's just stuff you don't think about. And, and I think both of us, I mean, one of the reasons we've done this is that we've kind of decided that this is something we need to make a priority, yeah. you know, yeah. something we actually need to put plans into place, Right. Um. you know, practice what we preach, but, so to speak. Yeah. Like start investing in some of the this stuff right. like extra food extra water the mm-hmm. two-way radios right. things that you don't necessarily want to spend your extra money on but you probably right. should spend your extra money on mm-hmm. um yeah just i don't know like making the plan is the mm-hmm. first step right yeah and like there's creating your network you're right you know make sure you find the people that are on the same page with with good skills that's that right. will improve the group yeah if you don't have a plan nine out of ten people i guarantee you when a situation like this happens nine out of ten people aren't going to have that plan oh absolutely right and those are going to be the people you have to secure mm-hmm. your stuff from so right. yeah people the turn into animals out. absolutely they do like the power goes out for 20 minutes and <laughs> people like lose their minds mm-hmm. look at like hurricane katrina this mm-hmm. is oh taking it way back oh, yeah. like all the looting and stuff that happened yeah. immediately yeah. after that um look at um just about any like natural disaster there's right. always looting that follows yeah when it's <laughs> A lot well, of times you'll see them like stealing TVs and shit. It's like, why are you stealing a TV? Right, oh, like, right. There's no electricity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, just uh, you know, Draco again. I mean, the way the shelves cleared out fast. I mean, with the shutdowns, the way toilet paper and stuff cleared out. I mean, yeah. it's just like and people lose their minds immediately. Oh yeah, from, absolutely. From the th- rumor of things happening, right. like as soon as somebody hears, oh, um, people are starting to emergency buy again. Everyone goes out and just right buys up all the toilet paper yeah. it's like just in case everyone buys all the toilet paper i'm gonna buy all the toilet paper right yeah. like people lose their mind over just the the idea that something bad might be happening yeah. let no, alone absolutely. when something actually happens right and then you'll get people that it's like no it'll be okay you know that the police will come save us so we're just gonna stay in our house no. and and just kind of wait you the, know it's like, <laughs> the emergency systems are going to be so overloaded right. i guarantee you you're not going to get any emergency help no emergency system, especially if they start defunding the police officers. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, just take into account that once those people that immediately already turn into animals when something happens, imagine them when they get hungry. They start right. getting right. like where their basic life um, sustenance starts depleting. Then they're really going to lose right. their minds. Yeah. Like people start eating each other when, <laughs> when right. they get hungry yeah, enough. Right. You know, people go crazy. Yeah. So- Again, that that securing the the security part is pretty key because I mean you you can have all the stock you want, all the the fire you want, the water you want, but if somebody comes and kills you for it, then right. that was it all. won't matter. Yeah, right. yeah. So 
man, I wish we had more time. We could just talk about this for hours, but yes, um, I did want to, because I felt like we did good covering like what you should pack, yeah. but again, nobody really thinks about what do you do once you get out there? Right. Like, then what? Right. Then what happens? Is this long-term? Is this short-term? Mm-hmm. How do I build a shelter? How do I build a fire? Right. How many people do you know that don't know how to start a fire? Right, yeah. I know a lot of people, a lot of full-grown right. men that don't know and, how to start a fire. I mean, and the, these are skills that now is the time to learn, you know, building right. a fire from scratch, you know, learning how to preserve meat. You I know, know guys that don't know how to start a fire with matches or a lighter. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, learning how to, to hunt, to field dress, yeah. you know, uh, learning how to fish, how to um, grow a garden. Right. You know, I mean, that right. kind of stuff. If it's a long-term scenario, growing a garden, like maybe maybe part of your contingencies right. plan is stocking up on seeds. I was going to say, loading up on seeds is not a bad idea. Right. And once you have a garden, learn how to extract the seeds from the right. plants that you do grow. so right. That they'll grow next year. Yeah. So you don't have to have years worth of seeds. Like learn which seeds you can like take and how to dry them out or properly store them. Just things like that, just little things that even in a non-emergency situation is probably a good skill to have, right. like yeah. being more self-reliant. Absolutely. Exactly. Self-reliance, I think, is key. Yeah. So, so. when something does happen, maybe mm -hmm. you have a little bit more chance and to survive. this year has shown anything, it's self-reliance yes. is, is the way to go. Like, I learned how to make, like, biscuits from scratch mm -hmm. and different things that, like, easy, like bread options from scratch right. because just like, well, what happens when Wonder Bread doesn't exist? I don't I don't eat Wonder Bread, but what happens when you can't go to the store and buy bread? Right. What happens when you can't go to the store and just buy food? Like right. can you throw together some flour and butter and mm -hmm. some stuff make and something. make something right. that will hold you over for a while right. easily. Yeah. Um but we are running out of time. Again, I'm sorry. Yes. Um this is why we're giving you an extra show starting two weeks from now, I think. Uh, yes, two weeks. First week of December. So yes. prepare for that. Um, yeah, just look into some of the stuff. I'm going to include all the stuff in the show notes, all these resources. If you have resources or knowledge or any mm -hmm. comments or opinions, let us know. Hit us up in the forum. Hit us up on Parler or Twitter or whatever, YouTube comments, wherever you're finding us. Yep. Hit us up because... Obviously, we're not. We we don't know everything because right. we're finding yeah. this out for ourselves. Right. We're learning as we go too. All our social media can be found on break the, or at Break the Bell Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor. It's all at uh, at Break the Bell Pod, um, or you can find us on the Break the Bell Forum on Facebook. So yeah, um, just hit us up if you have something to say. Hit us up if you have any questions, and we'll try to point you in the right direction. Um, otherwise, um, I guess, uh, we're going to let you go for this week. Absolutely. Um, we'll get back in here with another episode next week and then go on to two week after that. Yep. Have a good week. Bell breakers. Yep. Never stop talking. Once again, um, this is the break the bell podcast. If you didn't hear that before, um, yeah, get back in here next week. We'll see you later.